0: Hello,
1: welcome, hi, how are you? Thanks for stopping by. We're here to talk to some real people about some real things, living real lives, doing real shit. My name is Matt Lavelle. His name is Tom Byers. Our guest today is Burn Podkasy. This is the Working Perspectives Podcast. Let's get started. All right, so shake. I got to tell you about this guy. All right. This guy, burn a I've known him for years. Been kind of a mentor, older brother figure for a long time. I consider him a very close friend. He's been there for a lot of milestones in my life, right? I've Mm -hmm. been there for a few of his, you know, but I feel like we've cut from the same cloth. He's from Northeastern Pennsylvania is the descendant of coal miners, much like my father was. So we struck gold oh there. Oh, my! Oh yeah, buddy. <laughs>
0: Pun he intended. <laughs> hey.
1: So right now, uh, Burn is working as a service coordinator for a home health agency. But previously, me and him were bartenders and servers together. So before I introduce him, I just want to say a little, little tidbit about him. So imagine you're looking at a young, strapping, 19-year-old Kid Salami, Matt Lavelle, right? Oh, yeah. Graduated high school (laughs) after getting expelled from my second high school. Finally graduated on time and was not working. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) graduated on time and was uh finally you know after high school of the year you know really down in the dumps not working finally got a job at a place called vinnie t's right and then i get to vinnie t's and then there's a guy there by the name of burn now burn was already a ladies man schmoozing it doing it up chicks couldn't keep their hands off him not long <laughs> not long after we were there I was a food runner at the time, and then Byrne, not long after we were there, let's say like within four months, Byrne was made the head bartender as in and then eventually be bar manager. Wow. He was made the head bartender. Oh yeah. And what Byrne did is he rolled the dice on a young kid from Lansdale, Pennsylvania, land of the free, home of the brave, and made me his number two bartender, right? And that's when life really changed for me. Oh, Initially, man, second May. Oh, yeah. Initially, when I went in to be a bartender, I was practicing my bartending flair, which at the time was the second most popular sport in Argentina. And I was working on flipping bottles and doing tricks like Tom Cruise from Cocktail. A week into bartending, I realized I'm a fucking idiot and that's stupid <laughs> and did not work. But he stuck with me even though I deserve to be fired so, so, so many times. So he saved um, your ass on multiple occasions? Oh, he kept me floating, brother. And he always had my back. And I can't I can't tell you how much I think of the world of this guy. Really one of the greats coming out of northeastern Pennsylvania. Uh And I would just like to pass it over to him. Bern, last night I watched, started watching the movie Bohemian Rhapsody. It was so awful that I had to turn it off. Have you seen that movie? What are your thoughts? Thanks for coming on. Yeah, wow. What what an intro. Um, I don't know. That Bohemian
2: Rhapsody question really, really got me. Uh, Saw it. Um, It was, you know. It was all right. Yeah. As a huge Queen fan, it wasn't really that exciting. And the you know, originally Sasha Baron Cohen was supposed to be lead in that movie. Right. Um, and there was a different script that dealt a lot more with like the, the sex, drugs, and rock and rock. eyes and like trauma of being in Queen. And the band, I guess, did not want that version told. So this is a a, a real, uh, churched up version of what actually happened.
1: (laughs) Wait, so hold on. Sasha Baron Cohen was supposed to be the lead in Bohemian Rhapsody. He was supposed to be attached to a script
2: for Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, He was supposed to play uh, Freddie Mercury, but it was a much darker movie and it was much more about (laughs) like his descent into drugs and, and you know, addiction and, um, ultimately disease and, uh, the band. Was like no, no, no. We want to tell a brighter tale. So they, they moved a bunch of stuff around. They made it seem like you just came back for that live aid show. That wasn't true. He'd been back in the band for like eight months. They were working on an album. So they really, uh, they Disneyed it up a little bit.
3: I I think. and, And those, those like biopics or music biopics, the the basic premise of it is like undeniably easy. Like people have been listening to this music for decades, yeah, and it. It's music that is so incredible, it seems like aliens or like God just put it in these people's heads all of a sudden Mm -hmm. one day. And these people who – the people who make this movie, whatever the movie is, whether it's Queen or – you know I know they did an Elton John one. It's just like – that's the premise is how the hell did someone come up with this awesome song or this awesome album? So go and do that. You don't have to do anything else. You don't have to pull any th- other kind of amazing things off. Just remind people, "Hey, remember how awesome this album was? Remember yeah. how great this song was?" That's yeah. that's it. That's the movie. And to be honest with you, I actually liked the movie probably a little no, bit more than talking
1: <laughs> douche. because I'm such you, an <laughs> I'm such an easy back. critic with
3: that stuff. I I just got to hear a bunch of great Queen songs.
1: Yeah, well. <laughs> All right, so moving on. We're done with Bohemian Rhapsody because it was a shit show. So, burn <laughs> right now, burn right now. He's a father and a husband. How long have you and Jess been married? Uh, almost or just five or six years? I'm gonna say
2: yeah. five. I'll say five.
1: And how long have you been together? Oh, um, probably like eons. 12. Yeah. yeah eons at this point so here's a little background about jess uh jess is fantastic i couldn't i couldn't tell you how awesome jess is but me jess and burn all work together at vinnie t's and at this time there was a couple things we had we had a couple we had our own little lingo right and of different rules that we had to follow right so one of the rules we had was called kool-aids all right So very very important. And if there was a chick there that came in, right, and we were established at this time, we were the bartenders, people, we had regulars that loved us. All the cooks were our boys. We were hot shit, right? And when a new waitress would come in, you could call Kool-Aids on them. And essentially, you would have the first shot, but obviously you would always, you know, we would always hit our shot. So the, eventually, you would just have. <laughs> All right. Some sometimes we would Don't hit shoot. our shot. Shooters hey, get the, shoot. the best shooters keep shooting. But either way, yeah. so you, you could essentially it was you could shoot your shot first. But Burn had called Kool-Aids on Jess, right? And oh my! Ever, ever since then, he's been Kool-Aided up with Jess, and it's been a hell of a ride. He did call Kool-Aids one time. And I broke the Kool-Aids. But after I told Burn I would broke the Kool-Aids, he, he distinctly said to me, he's never been more proud of me in his whole life. So that would be good Kool-Aids to break. All right. We're moving on. So, Burn, <laughs> a father. He's a husband. How old's your son?
2: He's three and a half.
1: Oh, my God. And he loves comic books and being a badass. God, gotta yeah. love all right, so, and you're working now, but I want to get a little background on you, Burn. So, you're from an uh, area in northeastern Pennsylvania called Forty Fort, right?
2: Forty Fort PA in the Wyoming Valley, the illustrious right.
1: Wyoming Valley. Right, and uh, so, I know, I think I know the answer to this, Burn. but, you know, you came up in an Irish Catholic household, much like mine, or a Polish ca- or Catholic household, yeah. much like mine. You're one of yeah. three boys, just like I am. Shake here is one of five boys. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. God bless his parents. Yeah, it's five God boys and him. one sister. Yeah, six total. Yeah, so either way, you were one of three boys. I was one of four, and there was three boys. But either way, you came up from the rough streets of the Wyoming Valley. I want to know your work history. Now, I'm not talking like shoveling your neighbor's snow for $2 every, you know, twice a year. I'm talking what was your first paying job?
2: uh 14 years old i was a essentially i would sweep little white rocks off of a miniature golf course that my buddy's dad had. wow yeah shake. Yeah. this is
3: was
1: kind of like in. so you yeah, just walk around so, your room mm-hmm. and
2: make sure the course was looking nice
1: yeah so sorry to interrupt you shake this is kind of like it was uh it, did it have a driving range well so
2: when I first started it was just a little arcade and then a driving range and a and a little rinky dink mini golf course but then the following year my buddy's dad blew it out and then rebuilt it so it was a huge arcade it was 2 18 hole miniature golf courses like one had like a castle one had a big moat Jesus, there was damn. a bumper boat pond there was a skate park there was a batting cage um and there Man. was a two tier driving range Jesus Sounds like
1: it was an empire. Richard's Golf and Fun Center. And they it was ran by, let's just say, by the family, if you know what I mean. Right? It was a very close-knit family. So uh either way, Burn, any interesting times occur while working at this place? Uh, Yeah, well, Yeah, our
2: boss, uh, the guy, we just called him the guy. He's, I mean, he was a crazy guy. I mean, he's a great dude. I, I, to this day, I'm still friends with my buddy Richie, and that's his dad. And I cherish mm-hmm. him. He's a, he was a, he's a crazy individual. Um, <laughs> I mean, we were managers there at like 16 years old. And, and the only thing, this, like if you were a manager that night, your shirt had a collar and your buddies didn't. But <laughs> the whole purpose was just to be able to smoke weed and hide and the assumption was that if the boss couldn't find you he assumed you were doing work. Yeah. <laughs> so, like little stoned ninjas running around a, a... uh
3: If you but... are the boss then that's the best way to hide from the boss.
2: Yeah. That was the move. Yeah, you just you just you, you, you <laughs> smoke dirt weed and <laughs> uh, and then just just hiding um with our brooms. And so at night, we would work like, you know, it was open the whole time. So at night, someone would work the counter and someone would work whatever. And then during the day, we'd all work maintenance. So we'd cut grass, we'd paint, we'd stain, we'd do all manner of, uh, you know. Ho-
1: did, did you hose off the batting cages? Because to me, it always seemed like someone was hosing off the batting cages.
0: Wherever yeah. I
2: was. The big thing for a job like that is is just the, the, um, the illusion of work, you know, <laughs> like doing something. So, yeah. like, I would always carry a broom around just in case somebody who was an authority figure saw me. Like, what are you doing? I'm, like, I'm obviously sweeping this thing. Sidewalk. <laughs> this grass. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> sweeping this yard over here. Yeah,
3: sweeping this sweep yeah. yard.
2: And then at night, we'd get a bunch of beer. Because every night, there were two guys who had to pick the field once it closed at, like, 11. So you get a bunch of booze. And then you just drive the tractors around the field and pick up all the golf balls and lug them oh. in. It was great. It sounds stuff. like the dream. Yeah, you were yeah. sixteen. You had an excuse to be like, "Sorry, mom, I got to pick balls tonight. I won't be home till one But yeah. you can out an hour and then just sit in the back room and you know,
1: just yeah. bolt. Man. It was a good Dude, deal. Did you a, ever,
3: God, Matt?
1: I was gonna say, did you ever play a game where you got you and your buddies were drinking? One person's out driving the cart, and the other ones are just whacking balls at them all the time.
0: it's funnier because the guy
1: who's out there not only is getting hit with balls but then he's also
2: got to clean them up
1: (laughs) (laughs) so he's also furious.
2: yeah yeah precisely and like these were these old junky tractors that would have to we have to fix them every day and like get them in second gear they couldn't go too fast they couldn't go too slow you pretty much just had to turn them off and like slam the emergency brake on and (laughs) Uh. it was good i mean it it was an experience though man i learned how to like you know I learned how to sand. I learned how to paint. I learned how to stain. I learned how I learned like basic maintenance, and and so nice. uh, I, you know, was able to learn a little bit of uh, of knowledge out of the job
1: between nice. long hits and and <laughs> sure. shotgun and beers and yeah yeah. What were you gonna say, Shake?
3: There, there's a documentary on HBO right now, which is called Class Action Park. There's nothing in the world like Action Park. baby
1: The story of Action Park is a true crime story. As you entered the park, you saw this thing. And you're like, this is
3: real.
2: The engineering behind this, if there was any engineering, was just nuts.
1: On HBO right now. Build hire, it
0: higher, make it faster. Keep the action. action. Oh you're yeah, your it boy, it. He, he,
1: knows. he knows Chris. No his, so uh, of one of Byrne's best friends is this and guy named someone. Matt murph myers right and he's actually he's got he's trying to get a podcast now shout out to murph uh but he was on this show called the chris gethard show right and chris oh, gethard, really? yeah, yeah he's chris, he's get, chris gethard, yeah he's one of the main guys oh, in,
2: uh, in the action park doc. Oh, he
1: he is. Is. he's all he's all over it he he, oh, you he saw did. it matt oh yeah oh yeah crazy i didn't see, I didn't see it yeah. Yeah, he, I, I read an article
3: about it like uh, a year or two ago, and it just sounded insane. And they, of course, like the picture of the, it, you guys might have seen it. There's just this famous uh, water slide from the park. Mm-hmm. It's in like mm-hmm. uh, Northern Jersey from, yeah. I don't know, a couple decades ago, but it's a massive water slide with a loop in it. And it just looks yeah. like, okay, this is designed to like kill a bunch did of you,
1: kids. Did you hear what they said in the doc? So what had, happened, yes. what had happened was is that people were going through this loop, right? And they would come out and their backs and their chests would be scratched to shit, like just ripped apart. And the reason mm-hmm. was is because so many people went through the, the loop, broke their teeth, and the teeth was yes. stuck in the tube. Yeah, and the other <laughs> people would go through and they would scratch
0: themselves on the yes. broken teeth. And this place was packed. That's hardcore. Uh, And the guy who –
1: yeah, the owner of the whole
3: park, the guy who created the whole thing, would stand at the bottom of the water slide when the engineers were testing different angles and water pressure. Mm -hmm. He would stand at the bottom of the water slide with uh, holding up $20 bills and telling the kids, whoever's willing to test this one out and go down the slide (laughs) gets a 20 (laughs) Yeah. So I'm picturing like a mixture of that, and um, there's a movie from like – God, it must be 10 years ago now, called uh, Adventureland. Jesse Eisenberg in it. And that's also what I'm picturing. Uh, And then there's another movie called The Way, Way Back, I think is what it's called. And that has the same vibe where it's just an awesome bunch of teenagers working at this place and just causing mayhem it was yeah. it anyway, was i wish i could have had something like that frankly <laughs> yeah Same. but it was great and then we had like there was a
2: soft serve ice cream counter in so it was like all you know we only got like high school girls to work the soft serve ice cream. so you were bored so you oh. just ice cream girls and like it was yeah. great i mean it didn't pay much um but like i said this was the late 90s you know we were just trying to scrounge together enough for you know a 25 dollar bag of weed that was you know brown and then you spend a half hour taking the seeds out of it. And then you'd be like,
1: Oh, (laughs) I I think there was a, I, so I want to ask you this and shake. I don't know if you know this. I don't know what your drug life was like in high school, but I was doing, I did my fair, I did my fair share of drugs in high school, but, and I don't know if you'll agree with me on this burn, but it was so much easier to get drugs. than it was to get alcohol in high school. Would you agree? Absolutely. Uh, Hundred percent, right? One hundred percent, without a doubt. Okay, yeah. so man, oh, so we also went in those land. Sale, commercials, with,
2: those commercials were kids get out of school, and somebody be waiting outside, like, "Hey, man, you want to get
1: high?" I'd be like, "Where's that at my school?" Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "Hold on, do they have a number for this guy?" Yeah. <laughs> do I just see an rock and just assume like, "Hey, the guy inside the iroc has got a f- deal?" Actually, not bad. yeah, actually not, not a bad assumption. But no, right. and, and so the real, it,
3: the real problem like you were saying back in back in the day acquiring drugs or acquiring alcohol the real problem is is if you're getting weed whether you're a super experienced dude in your 30s or a teenager the weeds mm-hmm. weed you know i know there's yeah. different potencies now and all that kind of great stuff but back That's in right the day me. like if you're a teenager trying to get alcohol and someone's like all right fine i have an older brother or some yeah. some dude that can get it what do you want all of us were like, all right, what is the strongest possible alcohol we
0: can get? <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's,
3: you gotta strike while the iron's hot. Let's get yeah. some one fifty one. You're ordering and... in bulk. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Yeah, you know, we're sacrificing like everything we can. I will I will turn on all of my brothers, I will destroy my relationship with my parents if yeah. if it means I can get some alcohol. And I think and that we we're... obviously just didn't have that vibe. <laughs> what
2: were you saying, Vern?
3: I said everything must go. So it's like if you you can get a bottle of booze
2: and there be four guys, it's going to be gone. Yep. If someone yep. got a case of beer and there was four guys. You are like, we can't take this home. <laughs> like no matter what you had, no matter how much you had, and how much booze you had, it, it, the it was the goal was to finish it that evening for better. Yeah. Or, like, well, you can go stick the beer behind your buddy's garage or whatever. But then like it's going to get yeah. skunky. His older brother's going to find it. You never know who's going to come yeah. in there and sneak it on you. Yeah. So, um. Yeah, and we, such shit. Like, I remember one night we got all banged up and I'm um, like, aftershock and like 99, bananas mm-hmm. and, and Oh,
1: like, yeah. You know, bankers. shit was brutal. God. Brutal. Dude, Ugh. I remember. So here's a good story. Cause I was still, I was 19 when I first started working at Vinny. So I couldn't buy booze. So I was working as a food runner there. First week I worked there I stole a handle of Uncle Vladdy's, Vladimir Vodka, right? I stole a handle of it, brought it home, then had a bunch of people at our house, and you remember the brought it home, then had a bunch of people at our house, remember the BAM Margera show, right, Viva La BAM? On Viva La BAM, they had had a scavenger hunt, right? So I stole this handle, right? We wrote up a scavenger hunt, it was like, you know, was like me, I think Carly was there and like Nick Definis, and Sweet Mama Cheesecake and Sock and Alex and Daryl Mangle and like a bunch of people and we had teams and we had a scavenger hunt and I stole like, that night I stole an air conditioner out of a window, you know what I mean? Like a bunch of stuff <laughs> and then we came back. Jesus Christmas. And then we came back and powered down this bottle of Laddie's because we were all underage and it was like if I do that now I will be dead the next day, but at the time I was just like, yeah, I'll wake up and go work uh, another nine-hour shift, whatever you know. But Matt, you yeah. should
3: go. F- you should go find that address where you stole an air conditioner, and, and I know exactly where it's them. at. Ma- make make so, it good, man. Don't tell. Story. Me.
2: Don't tell him. So, conditioner in their window
3: <laughs> well no they'll i guarantee you if that guy is still there he is waiting so, for the day you this was turn.
1: a box it, this air conditioner was not light it was heavy right and it was in the window and the air conditioner because everything was worth points like we had a dog house was like 400 points a mailbox was 100 points you know what i mean an air conditioner was like 300 points i think right so i i told alex he dropped me off in an alley right i had a screwdriver I took two license plates off of people's cars, right? (laughs) Just random people (laughs) because they were like 100 points each. Then I'm walking through this alley. I'm walking through this alley and I'll shake. I I don't want to. So you'll know. I'll tell you where the alley is off air. But I was walking through this alley. I heard the air conditioner humming and it's a twin, right? So I walk up next to the twin. It's a twin house. I walk up next to it. I grab the air conditioner, yank it out. Right. So I have it and then I start to run, but the air conditioner is still plugged in. So I ran, right. And then right in the middle of running, it was like, oh! and I, it like stopped me in midair and I dropped it and I was like, shit. And then I just yanked uh, it out good. and then ran to the house and kept it at the house and threw my license plates there and everything. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 And then, <laughs> yeah so either way um
3: <laughs> I, I think that's that's a segment right there is you making up for all the evil things you've done in your past
1: to these people uh, boy be a lot of stuff but uh so either way but yeah so um <laughs> when so another thing you were saying about having the chicks working the ice cream counter right in lansdale we have rita's water ice right right mm-hmm. And at the Rita's Water Ice, there was never guys that worked there, and it was always chicks yeah. like Kristen, Big Boobs worked there, and Holly and Angie, and like yeah. all of them worked there, and they were all good-looking girls too. So like you would go get your water ice, and it would be like, oh hey, <laughs> how you <own> you? <laughs> you know? but yeah. So I don't know if that's just a thing where soft serve ice cream and chicks go together, but it worked for so. me.
2: I mean, I, th- I think about how many times you've gone to get an ice cream cone. And there's been some like forty year old dude
1: who was like, "You want sprinkles?" Like yeah. it just happened. Yeah, doesn't work. Doesn't work. You're not selling. You're not selling sweet cream with old forty year old Johnny there. Hey, you want some jimmies on there? Yeah, right. Not work. You have a
3: banana split for
2: me. It's
1: a specific skill set that's required to uh, yeah. You Gotta to have a hat, an ass that looks good in yoga pants. Number one skill set so okay so moving on so burn you're working at the golf fun center and you're still in high school when you're in high school i know you said you played soccer and basketball right and basketball at at your school was a big deal right yeah
0: yeah
1: and you guys were a pretty good team right because i remember mike said when he was there you guys were they were really good right well they won
2: a state title his senior year and then they won a state title the year after he left um We weren't that good when I was a senior, um, but I had four different head coaches in four years, so it kind of, it kind of jammed. They Did just you play varsity out. as a freshman? No, I uh, I played varsity as a sophomore.
1: Nice. All mm. right. Three years um, on varsity. What yeah.
2: sports
3: were the, the soccer and and you said basketball?
2: That's
1: what I played. Yeah. Oh, nice. Burn, you, you don't know it, Shake, but Burns six three. Ah. Uh, He's got a pretty sweet jumper. It's Back these, in the day. He's you know, one of these Back classic the tall people. Well, he also, who's the dude that you played the oh, McNamara? McNamara, McNamara magic shoes. Magic shoes. Magic shoes, McNamara. Do you remember yeah. him? Yeah. Played for yeah, Syracuse. He won the Absolutely. national title when he was there with uh whatchamacallit for yeah, Carmelo Anthony was there for a year. They won national title. Mm-hmm. And he was on his own and he had like one magic run. I think it was in the Big East Twenty, or maybe in the in the in the NCAA tournament. But
2: yeah, he hit, he hit two buzzer beaters back to back in the Big East Twenty that year.
0: Two seconds to go. McNamara. It's good. NCAA tournament. But, yeah, he hit,
2: he hit two buzzer beaters back to back in the Big East Twenty that year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The it's senior year. year, Team Warwick. But uh, yeah, me and me, we played him um, when I was a senior and he was a sophomore. And me and another guy guarded him. I think he scored like 45 on us. I mean it wasn't
3: very like, nice. Was
2: <laughs> it's a privilege, yeah. right? He <laughs> would step over half court and shoot and you'd be like, oh, that's good. Yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
2: no, it wasn't there wasn't much we could do.
3: Yeah. It must have been Dude. great for him to become a national success though. Like so he puts up forty-five on you in a tournament, and it looks like he's gonna be incredible. And then he actually does and becomes like, you know, I'm sure he was on like the cover of Sports Illustrated. Mm-hmm. I played football against a bunch of guys who were definitely talented enough to play at major mm-hmm. schools and possibly the NFL. And like 99% of them ended up getting hurt or getting arrested. And I was like, right. well, what the hell? You kicked my ass in high school and now you can't even go on to be some sort of legend. I want to be able to brag yeah. about you one day.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I actually there's a, uh, so wrestling in Pennsylvania is huge, as we all know. But uh in the off season you have freestyle wrestling tournaments, and I was at a freestyle wrestling tournament in state college, and I wrestled this guy named Jake Herbert, right? Jake okay. Herbert ended up being a PA state champion, and also he ended up making the US Olympic team in wrestling. And needless to say, I mopped the floor with him, right? <laughs> Just kidding. He beat the shit. He he beat the shit out of. Him. He he ended up like smoking everybody in that tournament. He was really really good. But okay, so you're in high school. What? How was high school? You went to a Catholic school, right? Yeah. So, and you were the, there with your buddies R- and deal.
2: We we were. I there's like 112 kids in my class, so it was a small.
1: Oh, nice. Small school. That's still. That's all right though. Nice small school D-O-R- in Miami G- Valley.
2: Bishop O'Reilly High, no longer, no longer in uh, in existence. Those Catholic
1: schools are going out of style, pal. Well, they all That's merged, it. you know, like yeah. merged with, like, our rivals. Honestly, I wouldn't. I, if I don't know what your thoughts are, but I'm de- I'm definitely not sending my kid to Catholic school. Really, really against it.
2: You know, I don't mind
1: it early on. Like I think mm-hmm. I don't care
2: forever, and like I don't. I'm not at all practicing Catholic at this point. Yeah. Um, Certainly didn't make me a better Catholic, but mm. I'm kind of fine with it early. Like, I feel like in grade school, the whole vibe is like, just be nice and treat people nice. And like, I'm down with that. That's a fine lesson for a third grader to get. Sure. Sure. But like, some of the biggest hypocrites I've ever known in my life were like priests and nuns and, and Catholic school teachers. So yeah. once they hit a certain point, I don't think it's that necessary. I mean, it forced me to ask a lot of questions they couldn't answer. So yeah. I was like, oh, is this bullshit? okay we made
3: a skeptic out of you
2: yeah so i mean it
1: saves me like i'm not you know i get to sleep in on Sundays now which is good yeah -hmm. Yeah. you had a much better catholic school experience than i did the worst the biggest thing to me that was like the worst thing about catholic school is i didn't have a male teacher until i was in ninth grade which is just for catholic school i don't i know for me as for like the development of young men, it was all women at this Catholic school that were the teachers, and they were just like catty and like
2: so you know what? Rude, and
1: they would pick Honestly, on the poor kids and it was so
2: there was, was like- a guy in my grade school who taught math. And then I'm trying to think if there was and there was one or two my middle school, there was like one or two dudes who were teachers. But yeah, that's kind of funny. I never thought about it like that, but for the most part it was. Yeah. Like, I mean the profession itself is is especially then yeah. we're heavily skewed female. but uh, yeah I think I can, I can, like not counting gym teachers. I didn't count all the male teachers I had on one
1: hand and probably k through eighth. yeah yeah I can. Uh, I can actually <laughs> <because
3: I'd not. laughs> and, and I went to public so, school through my throughout my career and it never even occurred to me to think about whether I had male or female teachers. it was it was a nice. Nice, healthy mixed bag.
1: Yeah. Shake here lived the quintessential Hollywood life in high school. He was captain of the football team, starting Mm -hmm. linebacker, Mm
0: -hmm. married
1: his high school sweetheart, Mm -hmm. you know, had the run of the town, best-looking guy, prom king, all that good stuff. I was voted best-looking guy. Now,
3: (laughs) most of what Matt just said is completely false. I I did marry uh, my girlfriend from high school, so – that's and he only, was captain of the football. I team. was captain. I was not a star. I did not, you know, football wasn't yeah. or high school wasn't super duper fun all the time.
0: He but I that. did I did trick my four, wife into old, marrying
3: me from 06. So. Nice. That's hey, nice. You got to lock him
1: down. You got to lock him yeah. down. Yeah. <laughs> so, so all right, so let's progress in the story that is the 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 story that is the ongoing life of Burn podcasty. So high school's done, you bang a bunch of chicks, you do a bunch of drugs, you have a bunch of fun, you win a bunch of games, you become the star. So you're moving on, and you have eyes set on the big city, the big city of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, a.k.a. Wayne PA, a.k.a. Villanova University. So, uh, Shake, you do not know this, but our our pal Byrne here, has a grandfather who was a judge in Wilkes-Barre. Is that correct, Byron? Uh, yeah. And uh, he was a judge there at the time when the the storyline of the movie, The Irishman would have been taking place. Is that not correct? Bern? That's correct. Frank, I want you to meet my cousin, Russell Buffalino. Better watch, there's a lot of tough guys around here. Did he tell you?
2: Not afraid of
1: tough guys. I mean, I didn't think so. I was one of a thousand and, working uh, stuff. I don't know not the war. place. Is that not correct? You yet? got a good friend here. That's correct. You
0: don't know oh and
1: you I didn't know this, but there he apparently a was me. a lot of backhanded stuff going on in the old political spectrum of 44 PA. Hush up I mean, allegedly. Nothing Alleg- was ever proven. Allegedly. allegedly no names were ever given no, 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 but- lots, lots was
2: proven let's be clear about oh. that. Got- <laughs> a lot of
0: that documents
2: fact, remain sealed
0: uh yeah,
2: yeah no the, the the good part about it is you know my my grandfather was a judge and my old man was an attorney and uh there was a scandal that happened there in the late uh late 2000s that brought the fbi to wilkes Bear for a couple years To just go through and be like, oh, this place is rife with political corruption and nepotism (laughs) and all this stuff. But neither my grandfather or old man were ever implicated in anything, so I feel pretty good because they really they went, they turned over all the rocks and uh, crossed T's and dotted the i's. So I feel like uh, I feel like if they were criminals, they were exceptional criminals.
1: Ooh. Whenever I hear stories like that, it makes me think like FBI recruitment must be at an all time high. If they're like, hey, uh, where's this town? Uh, Scranton? No, 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 not Scranton. Next to Scranton, maybe There's to the south a little bit. Like, really? There's a smaller yeah. one next to Scranton? <laughs> okay. <laughs> they're like, okay, uh, do we have anybody? Do we have anybody extra? We just graduated a class of 30,000 FBIers, you know? So that's why they're bothering people in Wilkes-Barre. That and, you know, the murder and the extortion and the, you know, drugs and all that fun stuff.
2: Listen, you watch, you watch Silence of the Lambs, right? And mm-hmm. you want to do that. I want to be like an FBI profiler. And then you go to school sure. and then you graduate and they send you to Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania to look at like fraudulent nepotism, con- like carpet contract for the, yeah. it's in the state house. And, oh, you know, we got the bastards. It's everyone's dream come true, I'm yeah. sure.
1: But, and they're um, watching old grandmoms making halushki at the Polish fair, you know? That's what I miss the most about living there is the bizarre that's food.
3: The next season of Mine Hunters is, is they're going to go to Forty Fort and uh, look <laughs> into things. You know, Matt, I don't know if you know this or not, but the uh, uh, my family has a little bit of a sordid history with politics. And Ooh, Getting you in tell. some political trouble, I think that's they all I'm tell. willing to say. But it involves the city of Philadelphia and and City Hall, and it goes right to the top, baby. No, actually, Whoa. I actually don't know much about it. Uh, <laughs> I think my sister has whispered things to me over the course yeah. of our of our uh, you know of her of my 32 years on earth. Every once in a while, she'll say, you know, such and such got in some trouble for such and such, but. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid. I'm terrified to ask my dad about it. You know, the reality is, is like, he's never talked to me about it. And it's probably for a good reason. So I, I'd rather just not know what the, what the, uh, what the dark secrets are. (laughs) I can just pretend in my head that it's like, you know, some sort of noble cause. Yeah.
1: He took the fall so that, so that democracy could survive something. Yeah. Something like that. It is so yeah. tough that it's almost like asking because I had an uncle who did some serious prison time and mm-hmm. it's it's tough. It's almost like asking like a, a war veteran, like, were you in the shit? You know what I mean? Like broaching that subject of like, OK, so why did you go to prison for 10 years? Huh? What's mm-hmm. going on here? You got a little story? To you know what I mean? So like broaching that subject, it's always tough to get the fine details. Mm-hmm. But when you do, they're juicy, juicy, juicy. So, uh,
0: um, burn.
2: go ahead. So wait, burn. I got a good, I got a good, I got a good story for you. So, Hit um, me. this is my, would be my great grandmother and my great grandfather on my mom's side. Right. Yep. So, my grandparents. Got It's uh, so my great grandfather, Mickey Lyons, <laughs> Irish Catholic meets my great grandmother, Mamie Chernin, Orthodox Russian Jew in high <laughs> Um, and they get married at 17. And what? No one's thrilled. No, yeah. no one is happy about this.
1: No, <laughs>
2: yeah. The mix, it's- mix, mixing,
1: messing with the
2: Ruskies. Come on. Yeah. Orthodox Russian Jew, Irish Catholic. No one is, is pleased, especially her father, who was actually. <laughs> a so they send her away to a synagogue in New York State for a year. The idea being that if they can keep them apart for a year, they can annul the marriage, and therefore get on with their day. Right.
1: What What was the time frame this was taking place? Nineteen uh,
2: thirties and in the late. Let's see. Uh, this would probably be in the in the in just post depression. So yeah, in the in the thirties.
1: Um, okay, so go ahead. She's in New York for a year trying to New York for a year. To, uh, Yep.
2: And uh, my my great grandfather, of course, wants to know where she is, and yes. no one him. So he eventually ends up shooting her sister in the leg with a .22 on Public Square in Bear trying to shake her down. Whoa! Um, she doesn't Loving give this good, guy. Doesn't give up the goods. Um, she comes back after her year. They get remarried. And my great grandfather is no longer allowed to carry a gun on public square, and that was the reason.
3: <laughs> oh my goodness! I
2: fucking love this guy. Hey, that's a when that's you a know, epic, you know. like, <laughs> origin
3: story. That's great. Yeah,
2: yeah. And then and then and and I knew my great grandmother. I never knew my great grandfather. He passed away before when I was really little. But I knew my great grandmother lived until her nineties, and like truly, no one knew how old she was because she came over on a boat from Russia. But then she talked about like. Her her siblings. She's like, oh, I was three years old. But then she's like, Well, my three siblings were on the boat. I remember the ride, and they were like, You weren't three, if you remember it, and you had younger siblings. But <laughs> how old she was? I mean, she was old. But uh, yeah, my my grandfather shot her sister in the leg with a twenty-two, and uh, and his uh, his punishment was no longer able to
1: carry his gun on, on in public square. What, what was your great great grandma's name again? Mamie Churnin. And her sister was probably what. You know, Gershie Sherman? Yeah. Something Gertrude. Like that. But they legit, so like, they
2: legit kicked her out of her family. Like, she never, like, that was it. She, like, I think she connected with a couple of her siblings, like, later in life. But, like, that was that was a wrap. She so never- she
1: chose, she was like, look, I'm going to hang out with this drunk potato-eating son of a bitch. I'm you sick of up. all your vodka. Boy, and man. all your cigarettes. And all your jumpsuits. And all your AK-47s. All right? I'm sticking with the Irish bad boy. And I'm going to shoot my sister in the leg. Pretty much. She probably got like, do you ever see that scene in Goodfellas where Ray Liotta beats the guy up with a gun and then gives the gun to Karen to hide. Mm -hmm. Right. She probably got hooked like Karen did. You know, (laughs) she saw him shoot the lady, his sister in the leg with a gun. I'll tell you what, if Ilvia shot my sister in the leg with a gun, holy shit. I'd love her even more. You know what (laughs) I mean? Forget about it. Poor Nat. Yeah. Christmas is coming. Yeah, man. Hey, hey, who knows? Hey, I got a gun in the house. Let's do it. I wonder <laughs> what happened. Like, where did she shoot? Like, with a, what was it, a 22? 22. Just some, too much damage. Non lethal, you know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Just like, hey, back
2: the fuck off. Where's my wife? That's, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Where my wife is.
1: Yeah. Pretty, pretty uh, freaking great. It's, it's like, honestly.
2: Taken.
3: I think this yeah. could be this could be a movie as well. I'm thinking whoa, whoa, whoa. something whoa. along the lines of Taken, mixed with like Romeo and Juliet, mixed with well. Then we have to have like there will be blood kind of. Like so we
1: all real quick. Have we all seen the movie Taken? Uh, yes. I don't okay. think I don't know. I, so I think I have. Yeah. I'm yeah. married and I live with Albanians. Oh. We will not mention Taken again. <laughs> <for> me. <Okay. laughs> we spoke on the phone two days ago. And I live I with totally Albania. We will not mention Taken. Oh, okay.
0: that's
1: right. uh, there's there's the culture in Taken that gets a bad rap, we'll just say. And <laughs> yeah. I've heard
0: it before. Isn't Actually, it the case?
3: is it the case in Taken that like the bad guys are Albanian and then like they don't even explain like, yeah, these are just some Albanian bad guys. They're like, No, 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 these are bad guys. They're
1: Albanian.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Like
3: that's what makes them bad is that
1: they're Albanian. I don't know if you've ever seen Taken or War Dogs or pretty much any other movie where the villain is from Europe. So what's happened is, is that Albania uh, didn't make some good choices politically in the 19th century. They sided with the Nazis. Then they sided with the Russians and communism. Right. Then they broke that. So now they're good, but they're going to have a label. Not the best label, but either way. So, yeah. So no more mentioning Taken because, uh, well, you know, I just don't want to hear it again because I almost got my ear chewed off for that, trying to watch Taken during New Year's Eve, you know. Just wanted to have a nice little family TV time. And, uh, well, you know, when your cousin's in there portrayed as a uh, sex trafficker, it gets kind of ugly. A <laughs> little damper on it. Sure, 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 yeah. sure. So either way, um, but Albanian people are great, and people should know that they're incredible. Moving on, uh, great dancers. so burn, oh incredible dancer Shake. So Shake was at the my wedding in Mexico, right? And oh, people yes. don't know this, but weddings in Albanian culture they're bigger than they're bigger than anything. It is the biggest thing that'll ever happen ever. It's bigger than Mardi Gras, right? It's bigger than the Super Bowl. Wedding is bigger than your prom. They last for three days and it's madness, right? And the dancing is and the food is non-stop. Weddings are incredible in Albania. If ever invited, it's a must attend, I will tell you now. I've yeah, been to two. One, I've been to two, one of them being my own, and they were both phenomenal. So, but what we did was for our rehearsal dinner, because we had it on a resort. What we did was, is that the one of the things they offered was like a bonfire for the rehearsal dinner on the beach. So we had like a bonfire on the beach. We had a DJ and then everyone came to the bonfire on the beach and we had like a huge dance party. Because what the Albanians will do is everyone gets in the circle and they hold hands and there's like this Albanian two step that everyone will have to do in unison together okay. and you do it to the rhythm of the music and the rhythm of the music gets faster and faster as the song goes and you have to pick it up. So what we had to do was, it's like pair up, all right, we need an American and an Albanian and then everyone got it together and we had, you know, there was 50 people in, in a circle in the middle of the beach around this bonfire going nuts and it was awesome. So, yeah. Let, let me ask you a quick question. How long have you been married? Uh, 2018. So t- 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 uh, two years.
0: 2018.
1: I was trying to remember, because
2: I was like, last night after I got the phone with you, I was like, why don't I remember Maddie's wedding? Like, I don't remember yeah. Maddie's wedding. And then I, I didn't, I, I was trying to figure it out. I'm like, I'm sure I went, but I didn't because it, we had a newborn and it was in. It was in Mexico. Mexico.
1: That yeah. makes a lot more sense. I couldn't remember it. I'm like, maybe I blacked out there. I wouldn't put that you passion. would have on it honestly burn you would have had the time it was so much fun honestly oh, sure. i i'd be down to have i would be down to get married to ilvia again just to do that trip again because like we were there and like we would meet people there that we didn't obviously didn't know they're you know just there on vacation and they were like just because there were so many of us there you could you always had someone to hang out with always something to do Always someone you're hanging with, talking to, you know what I mean, and like it's not just you and your spouse being like, "All right, it's day four. Uh, are we gonna have sex today?" I, I don't you know, you either, you know. So
0: yeah, yeah.
3: That, um, and those those like um, destination weddings have a lot of pitfalls. There's a lot of ways they can go bad, um, but like the universal truth is, if you're there with a bunch of people that you actually are okay with or want to hang out with, then it's like the mm-hmm. coolest thing ever because it's such a rare opportunity to go down to a, a tropical resort with like your family and best buds. Yeah. Like, yeah. how else could you possibly orchestrate a once in a lifetime thing right. like that? Except for the yeah. fact that, like Matt, you said, let's just do it again sometime. I'm down. I, oh,
1: I would, I would, I would in all
3: heartbeat do it again. It was the, it was so much yeah. fun. Yeah. And I, and honestly, I won't do it in other circumstances again. Like yeah. if, if Jill has some random friend who's getting married down there, not going to happen. I'm not doing mm-hmm. it unless I, Know people and like people who are going down there.
2: You're like, okay, cool, just give me all the information and I'm gonna sneak it to my buddies and their family. <laughs> Can you guys hear my kid freaking out downstairs? Can you hear that? No. I don't
0: think so. I don't right. hear anything.
1: No, if you need, you need to take a break, no, I'm, I'm good. Okay, cool. all right, so let's move on to now. Burn, uh, he's gonna head to he's got accepted to Villanova University, but. Uh, He needed a little help getting there, a.k.a. a letter. Byrne, would you like to elaborate?
2: Oh, I was telling Maddie the story last night. I didn't realize. So if you saw the movie The Irishman, um,
1: uh,
3: my grandfather was a judge. Did you see it, Sheik? I actually have not seen it yet. I keep you, meaning to see you've it. You've seen
1: that bullshit Bohemian Dick Smoking movie,
3: but you haven't seen The Irishman. I'll tell you what? God. I'll watch Bohemian Rhapsody 4 more times and then I'll watch
1: The Irishman, okay? Yeah, yeah I bet I bet you would. I bet you would, <laughs> you sack of donkey dicks.
3: Okay, go ahead. All right, ahead. so this in, in okay. <laughs> so
1: so in in the movie The Irishman, there's a main head boss his name is Russell Buffalino. He has a cousin who kind of introduces the main character to Russell Buffalino, this is where Byrne comes in.
2: Well, I wouldn't say this where I come in. So Joe Pesci plays Russell Buffalino. Anyway, my grandfather was really good friends with his nephew, Charlie Buffalino, who I guess had four kids, and they all went to Villanova. Oh. So I was applying, my dad asked them if they would – somebody who, who would write me a recommendation letter, which they did. I just didn't realize at the time – that it was linked back to, you know, this guy who was once like the biggest mobster in the entire East. Yeah. Country. Yeah.
0: I'm wow. That's great.
1: Needless hey. to say.
0: Yeah. <laughs> who knows? Oh,
1: this, this guy's in. Yeah. So, okay. So then Burn goes to Georgetown. Or, sorry. Oh, Burn goes that. to <laughs> your fucking mouth, man. <laughs> he goes to so- St. Joe's. Oh yeah, yeah. Bird yeah, yeah. uh, got accepted the temple.
0: <laughs> so I'm okay Burne. with that.
2: Yeah. We, you know, the hawk is dead in my father's obituary. That's how that <laughs> um, so yeah, I went to Nova with my buddy Gallagher, best friend growing up. We both got in. He mm. had four older brothers, uh, two of which went to Villanova, one went to Fordham, played football, one went to Penn State, played football. So, starting
1: lineman we, at wow. Penn State, yeah, yeah,
2: Jeez. we had a pretty good uh setup. His yeah, older he's
1: bro- a big boy too,
2: yeah. Um, so we were roommates, and then his older brother, Tony, was probably like in his late 20s at the time, lived about a mile away. So, we had a nice little hookup, we'd go over there to watch football on Sundays, they'd give us booze, they'd give us like real food, like they cooked oh. in. We'd be like, oh, shit. That you guys real- are
1: so grown up,
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, exactly. Um, so we had a good little setup, and then I, uh, I just dicked around for a couple years and uh, performed really poorly, and then eventually dropped out because I wasn't going to class and I was just taking out a bunch of loans. Mm-hmm. To- so I, uh, I bailed, and it was a really smart decision. <laughs> cause I ended up having to go back later and finish. But when I had to go back later, I was like an adult with a job and real responsibilities and bills and stuff. And I was like, it was a lot easier when I was just jerking off in the dorm. Like I should have just <laughs> done then uh, and not wasted all that time. But you know, you live and you learn.
3: So what yeah. was the gap? What was the gap? So you went there at right after high school and yeah. how many years did you last? I lasted for two years and a little bit into my junior year. And I was like, this isn't working.
2: Um, mm-hmm. No, that's not true. I got through mo- I got through most of my junior year. But then I was at the point where I had to actually start making decisions on, like, what I was going to do.
3: Yeah.
2: And I didn't have any idea what that was. So my grades were lousy and I bailed. I did not return for my senior year.
3: And then how many years went by? Uh, five or six. Five or six. Okay. Five or
2: six. Uh, but then,
1: it, it should it should be said he uh, he met me at that time when he I, dropped out. He dropped <laughs> out. <laughs> uh,
0: no, I had,
2: already, I had already left when I when I by the time I met Maddie because um, I was working full time. But um, yeah. Yeah, it was a really stupid move. I mean, like I should have just sucked it up and, and 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 finished it out, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. And so I bailed and was like, I'll just work at the bar. Which was great. Um, because you're <laughs> you're like well, you live like a rebel pirate king. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like you have like five guys, our bills are our bills. You yeah. go make spend all your money going out, and like yep. I mean the amount of money that I blew through in my twenties with nothing to show for is just <sighs> yeah. just crimming.
1: Oh, it. is so much
2: invested in nothing buying beat up junker cars just to get from yep. one part to another i mean just like yeah uh,
1: although yeah. it is what it is yeah i loved it we had so it was honestly i've i've thought about that about like i don't want to call it wasted time but it was a journey for sure and I don't honestly I wouldn't change it. It was a fucking blast. Yeah, I agree. Um I'm not like I'm I'm
2: pretty happy with where I am right now. I'm, you know what I you know what you know what the one thing I'm more irritated about when I look at the opportunity is not like okay, I'm still paying student loans. I ended up with an English degree. Um all that stuff's fine. It's not about like my economic situation. It's about like I had access to learn a lot of shit And I just didn't. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Like Hmm. I never took any business classes. Like I should have taken a couple business classes. I could I I could know more shit than I know right now. And it was right there in front of me. And I had a good university and good teachers who would have taught me. And I was like, oh my God, I gotta write this paper to get this C and get out of here. And like now I I should have actually taken advantage of that opportunity to learn. But I was way too high and I was working you know a ton in restaurants so then it was going out and it was like my priorities were all jacked up and
0: yeah uh, yeah it's really
3: that's really well put really well put I have a similar situation graduated college when I was twenty eight I think yeah uh, and went right after high school and dicked around for many many years and i I don't know about you but I just think it sucks like my brain was not ready to develop and and actually take in information until I was halfway through my 20s and I wish yeah. that there was some way that I could have prevented myself from incurring so much debt in you know that that lesson learned is you know and that's like our our roughly our generation is just a bunch of people who had to learn yeah. the hard way to not take in 50,000, 60, 70, 80, more than that. I mean, spe- I mean, I went to private college. Uh, I went to Gwen and Mercy. And, and if you went to Villanova, the, those bills mm-hmm. ain't cheap, man. <laughs> so, no, no. And it's, and it's, you learn your lesson, but you, you learn it the hard way.
2: <laughs> well, and It was a maturity thing for me too. Like, you know, I, I was, I was a bright enough guy that I was able to get through high school without working super hard. Like I didn't have great study skills. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I was, Read a lot. And so if I had to write something, it was it was de- gonna be decent. It was gonna get through. Yeah. And then yeah.
0: anything else
2: I can train for the day of. So I, I didn't have any real study skills. I didn't really take it super seriously. And then I got to college, and then all of a sudden, you know, you kind of breeze through freshman year because you're still not, you know, you still have some semblance of organization in your life. And but by sophomore junior year, I was like, I'm not learning anything, I'm not putting it. Oh, by the way, this is harder now, and I don't really know how to do it. So instead yeah. of buck I'm doing it. I'm just gonna bail on it, without really bailing. So I'm still like going, but then the A's turn into B's, and then the B's turn into C's, and then you're (laughs) trying. I remember like with this professor, like, did I already, did my grandmother already die this semester, or was that a different (laughs)
0: time? (laughs) I I definitely
2: didn't write this paper, and I can sit down and write it right now. But maybe I'll just go to bed. You know what I'll do? I'll go to bed. I'll wake up early tomorrow. (laughs) And the absolute biggest lie you'll ever tell yourself which wake up really early tomorrow right at then and like just that kind of stupid and that's all maturity like i just didn't have the i just didn't have the maturity to 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 understand the value of the situation i was in Mm -hmm. and because of that i I mean and it just made things harder later on like i eventually finished up but like, like i said i mean i was You know, then I'm like, I'm going to night school and then I have to go back to finish stuff for my major. And I'm like at these 830 classes with like these 18 year olds and I'm like 28 or 29 being like, all right, Mm -hmm. let me just get through here. Like I, we got to do a group project. Like, what am I going to talk to
1: these kids about? Like, Jesus,
2: they're all bright eyed with stars in their eyes, just starting college and, you know, getting dressed up for school in the morning. And I'm pulling my almost 30 class in there at 830 in the morning being like, I closed this bar last night at, you know, 2.30, and now it's 8.30, and I'm just here to get through this yeah. romance literature. Oh, good. This is going to be a fun semester.
1: Like, <laughs> um, yeah. Jesus. What did you so end I, up majoring in when you graduated, Brian?
2: I got an English degree and a communications degree. Very good. Just I ended up oh, Go ahead. Just in all those classes because I liked that stuff, and then I got to the point where um, – Well, I went back to school because uh, me and my buddies finished second in this YouTube contest, this sketch contest. And we won um, Final Cut Pro. And I was like, well, you know, we were like making sketches and movies and stuff on like Windows Movie Maker. And so we won Final Cut Pro, which is like this $1,500, you know, studio. And so I was like, well, the – comm department at villanova is teaching this so i'll go back and it was like my impetus to go back and 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 go back to school because i was like i gotta do this anyway and someone's got to figure out this software so yeah i'd as well jump back in there
1: oh i remember too was this at the same time where you were because you used to work nights at the one tv station cleaning right yeah. So you would like, some nights you were work like you were working at the bar, but then part-time you were cleaning, like you were a janitor at, uh, what TV station was it? Uh, what's TV, where, what's, what's channel Jim Gardner on? Uh, CSN maybe? Comcast? No, I don't know. No, he's on the
2: 11 yeah. o'clock news for like, uh, it's probably
1: I think it's NBC something. Yeah. One of the big ones.
2: I used to fart in his chair every day when I was cleaning. <laughs> Jim Gardner's chair.
1: Because you were there, so you were like <laughs> cleaning and like emptying the trash and all that gimmick because they were all out of the office by then and then mm-hmm. you were like right to you gardner <laughs> right on it. I
2: had to go back to school and then I had to pay for it. Like then there was no I could yeah. take out loans, but I owed a bunch of money, so I had to pay that off first. And then it was like, you know, you want to take a class, it's like seventeen hundred bucks. So I was like, all right, well, I have five of these, so you know, yeah. go clean yeah. vacuum the NBC building, <laughs> yeah.
3: You mentioned that uh, you said something along the lines of, uh, "Did I already like tell this professor that my grandmother passed away?" Like use that excuse. I had a a friend who all through, I mean, he was my friend in high school and then in, in the college years. Periodically, we would meet up at like a diner late at night. Every once in a while, like once a week, maybe once a month. And one time he showed up. He was going to St. Joe's, and um he showed up with a a newspaper and (laughs) showed up with a newspaper and i'm like what what's this newspaper all about and he goes right to the obituaries and he goes told my professor that i had a relative pass away so I've been rifling through all these obituaries, trying to find someone that matches this, like the description.
0: Jesus! Oh. Uh,
3: he's like the professor demanded that I send the you know the obituary and scan it and email it or bring it into class oh, or something. That's great. That's,
0: that's so <laughs> perfect.
3: The amount of time and effort took him and he put
2: into that. Yes. he could run whatever assignment that he totally. was avoiding.
3: A- absolutely, and, and you know that's, that's the thing. Like I was saying, like, my brain wasn't ready to learn until I was a certain midway through my 20s. And I actually, I got certified to be a teacher. And uh, I worked with a mutual friend of Matt. Matt and I have a mutual friend named Jay, who teaches at the middle school, our local middle school. Yeah, He'll be on here. Yeah, he'll definitely be on here. And I learned I did my student teaching under him. But like, Working with those kids, and I was the absolute worst middle school kid, I had the worst grades, worst behavior, and every day I tried to tell them, like, just convince your teachers that you care, and try to trick them into thinking you're a good person, and they will definitely give you a good grade. They don't care about how smart you are, they just don't want you to be an asshole.
2: When I like when the kids go to college, I'm like, listen. The first week you're there, like you're gonna sit down, you get your syllabus. Your teacher's gonna give you their office hours. I'm like, if you go see your teacher twice a semester during their office hours, just to yeah. bullshit fifteen minutes, I get. There's no way to fail. They will yeah. not. Fail. Like nope. really,
3: especially in college because they they have nobody, no oversight in college. They can right. do whatever they want.
2: if you just did that, like your teacher would be like, okay, even if this kid's struggling, like. Cause some kids won't show up for a single, you know, they'll never come and communicate. I'm like, if I just knew, you know, just do that, like just show effort and you'll, you'll pass, man. Like do that. And if, if if it's just me getting a B minus and an a minus, like you get the A minus they'll, they'll, but I don't, nobody knows that when you're young and anybody tries to tell you that you're not listening, you know, you're just really. Oh yeah. I remember,
1: I remember Jay had a great quote. He said that, Every classroom is one or two kids away from being a great class. Because there's always, like, like he's like, 90% of the kids are awesome. But he's like, there's always one or two kids are just little assholes that just ruin it for everybody else. Mm -hmm. Sure. Had had I known all you had to do was kiss a little ass, man, maybe I would have gone to college. But It's uh, not too late, Daddy. It's not too late. We need your scholarship. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to. College is never my thing, man. I'm should, not a school guy.
3: Or you, you should go audit at, uh, at Gwen and Mercy. It's right down the road. Audit? I'll get you in. Yeah, you go for free. Well, I think it's like 20 bucks or something like that, but you just get to sit in and 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 experience the class without having tests or anything.
0: Huh, how about it? It's actually not
2: a bad idea if there's something you're interested
1: in. Uh, there's nothing yeah. really I'm interested in.
3: <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, but that... that that is a great quote that, you know, every class is one or two kids away from being a great class. And I, I, one thing that really took me back was, took me back was when I got to college, I thought all of that class clown attitude that there's always like one or two kids in the class. And oftentimes it was me. And then when I finally, <laughs> when I finally opened my eyes and realized like, oh, I'm ruining my educational career and I'm giving everyone else a hard time. Like I'm just an a-hole. I started looking around and like, how everybody's paying for this. You you're actually getting this bill in the mail. Like, Mm -hmm. why are like, why would you sabotage yourself this? And you know, it's just, it's weird. Different people learn at different times. It's perspective,
2: you know, it's all perspective. And I, I didn't have it, you know, like I said, I went to a small Catholic school. So it was like big fish, small pond. And then Mm -hmm. Even Villanova was like big for me you know and that's not that big of a school man you know yeah. um, a whole different it was a whole different deal and i'm with my best friend which is probably a good thing and a bad thing because yeah. um it was great to have that support system but also like it didn't really force me to to break my routine too much yeah. and start something totally new um well, I, don't, I don't I wouldn't change it, you know I would just wish that I had a little bit of better perspective, but I, I you know whatever,
1: we are where we are and uh, yeah. I'm not mad. I'm not mad either. We scored big for sure. I would say one of the biggest shocks I had and I think you know you're both we're all coming from like a blue collar working class background. but when going on out to the main line, like the difference in behavior of people, out there, just because there's so much money out there, it is unreal. Like, when I worked in Wayne, the money that would come in there was unbelievable. Like, the amounts of money, like the, the professional athletes that lived in Wayne, they were like bottom of the barrel, as opposed to like you know, some of the millionaires that came in. But this, right. the way they behave, the, honestly, don't get me wrong, there were some nice people for sure, and like really good people. But there are some people that you're like, dude, who do you think you are? You know what I'm saying? <laughs>
0: have, so it was like, shock. go ahead. Yeah, name, name. it was
1: for me. I'll. All d- d- All right. So here's a good story. This is exactly what I'm talking about. So uh, for the last couple of years, my family has adopted a family at Christmas. Right. So let's say like we've done it like the last four years. So the second year in, right. I'm working at Graham's, and then I'm also working at the Pub of Penn Valley, which is in Narberth, right? And so Graham's is in Roxborough, which is like a blue-collar area, right? And it's kind of like a dive bar, and it's a lot of like cops and firemen and construction workers and electrician and all that stuff. And then Narberth is a very affluent area with his like doctors, like Charles Barkley would come in, like a bunch of people would come in, right? Like a bunch of very wealthy, right? So you're working at two separate places at the same time.
0: Yeah.
3: Okay. Correct. And just to be clear, when you say you adopted a family, is that some sort of like program or is it like unofficial? So,
1: so yeah. So what we would do is my mom signed us up for this program where we would donate money to this family so they could buy like gifts and food and stuff and clothes for Christmas. Oh, okay. Right? Like we would give them money and then they can go spend it on whatever they want for Christmas. And then, you know what I mean? And so mm-hmm. as opposed to like, we wouldn't give them gifts. So I would tell people in Narberth about this and, and customers and stuff. And they would say, oh, that's great. That's really cool that you're doing this, right? And then me and my brother, Tom, who also works at Graham's, would be telling people at Graham's about this. And without anyone asking them or saying anything, the regulars at Graham's raised like $400 by themselves to give to this family. Right. And these are people that like, don't get me wrong. They're not living on the streets, but, you know, we're living in they're living in row homes and they have working class jobs. And you know what I mean? And like they're not rolling in money and they all have families and stuff like that. So for them to give that much money, as, you know, as opposed to like there's millionaires that I was talking to on a daily basis in Narberth That never they said crossed. It was their mind. fine. Never not, crossed even, it. not even exactly. Not even once did it cross their mind. That just to me kind of showed the difference of like people you were dealing with and don't get me wrong. There weren't bad people in Narberth. They're not bad people, right? It's just a different mindset, different, different culture. They're really good people. Actually, they're really like, there are some really good people there. Like when I left the pub of Penn Valley, I was originally supposed to get a job at this other place and it didn't end up working out. But like, there was a table of regulars that gave me a gift when I left on like my last shift that they were going to be there. You know what I mean? So there was definitely really good people. What did they give you? So remember, I was supposed to work at, God, what is it? Cintas, right? Yeah. And I was supposed to work there. I never ended up working there, but um, they gave me like this fleece jacket that I would wear. And because it's a truck, like I would be working on a truck. So they gave me the fleece jacket and they're like, Hey, this is for when you get really cold on that truck. We're going to miss you. And it was like a really nice card and things like that. And they're super, super nice people. The the dad was a proctologist, right? (laughs) Yeah. And he, he was, he was hilarious. Like he would. come in. Yeah. uh, Gosh, I, uh, I almost forget their names. Uh, but I don't know, almost, I definitely do, uh, <laughs> but he was a proctologist and he would come in it was him and his wife and then his wife's sister and their husband. Right. Yeah. And they would come in and he would come in and I'd be like, Hey man, how was your day? It's like another shitty day. <laughs> 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 I was like, Oh man, nothing but assholes at work. And he's like, tell me about
0: it. You know, like, <laughs> you
1: know? and he was hilarious. So I thought, yeah, so there's definitely good people. But, you know,
2: hey, do you remember good. do you remember the lady who gave us the money shirts at? Um... Dude,
1: I was. Yes. So, OK, Shake. So do you want me to tell this story, Vern? Yeah, you can tell it. So, OK, so there was these two ladies that would well, me and Vern worked at Vinny T's. We worked mm-hmm. there together on Fridays. Right. Yeah. And yep. we kind of it was a big night and we kind of ran it. We had our thing down and we had, we were really like we had our shit yeah, down. down. We were pretty tight. Yeah. So we had a bunch of regulars that would come in on Friday. Two of the regulars were these, like these older black women, right? Not super old, I would say, but they were both like married probably. And, but they were were together.
2: Definitely in their fifties or the nail salon, right?
1: I think so. Yeah. 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 They did. And they were super, super nice. And they would just come in and have some wine and some dinner and just chat. And we would crack jokes and stuff. But the one year for Christmas, they came in. And what they had done is they had you ever get like a, like a collared shirt, like a button up collared shirt that's like for like with like a tie that you would wear with a tie and it comes like folded in like a in a plastic like thing. And it has like the cardboard in the collar and, oh, and all those pins needles.
0: Yeah. Those yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, so boy.
1: they made they made something that looked like that out of money. Right. They had like a bow tie that was like a five, and then like they had a bunch of ones that they had placed all together. What and the then they hell? had like a twenty dollar bill on the collar and they, they taped gave, it all together. Yeah, and they taped it all together so it looked like a collared shirt. There were and dimes and buttons. Yeah, yeah. And they gave us each one of them. <laughs> and they ended up ended up being it was like fifty dollars because you could yeah. take it apart and it was like fifty dollars. And they gave us each one of them as a Christmas present. That is
3: such an interesting gift. What did you ask them, like, what their inspiration was to
2: consume? We
0: were just
2: like in the shirt box. box. So you just open the box and you're like, what? And then I'm like, I'm not even going to spend this. It's such a good gift. And of course, it's like a
1: month later. I'm like, all right, let me get this tape off. (laughs) 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 Same thing, brother. I did the same thing. Yeah. But, dude, like, things like that were super cool. And, like, Here's a here's a good story. So um, there was a office like down the street from us and there was a bunch of like younger people our age at the office and they would come in on Fridays. Right. And there was these two girls that came in, Taylor and Rachel, and they were kind of like the hot chicks at the office, you know, and there would be a bunch of guys that would come in with them and stuff but they would all like, it was just a bunch of people that would come in and eventually like we would talk and hang out and you know what I mean? Like yeah. and we were there with them and then we were all like the same age. So we'd all like eventually like kind of got along. Right. And the, like, you know, we would talk and it would be cool. And like, they would always ask me and burn like, Hey, come out with us when you don't work, come out with us. We're going to go on Main Street Man Young. And I would always say no and, or like have a reason not to. And, I know burn would do the same thing. And I remember like we were both dating people or something would be the reason, but I was recently single one time and they asked me to go out and I was like, yeah, fuck oh, it. Right. I'll meet you. So after work, I go and meet them in Maniunk. Right. And dude, I had like, you know, I was, I was partying, you know, and uh, had kicked a couple back And like, then like we were drinking and dude, I was like, legit, like, I don't really black out that much, but I was wasted, like unreal wasted. Couldn't tell you what happened. Right. So the morning, the next morning I wake up in this apartment that I don't know, right. In the, on the floor and I wake (laughs) up and, uh, I'm like, Oh my gosh, you know? And I'm like, you know how you feel after a big night? So okay. I go and I put my jacket on, right? This is so good. And I, p- and I put my it's hands. This is
2: so good. This, this is so good what you're about to hear.
1: <laughs> so I put my jacket on, right? And I like I leave this house. And it was like one of those apartments that's in like a row home, you know? So I go is outside. Is in I- as
3: well, the apartment?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's by okay. Main Street in Manioc. So uh, for those of you who don't know, Main Street Manioc is like a party strip in Philadelphia. So either way. So I go outside, I zip up my jacket, and then I, it was like a hoodie jacket, you know? Mm-hmm. I zip it up and I put my hands in my pocket. And in the right pocket, I feel these things. I'm like, what is this? I pull it out. It's two tickets to the New Kids on the Block concert. <laughs> it's two tickets to the New Kids on the Block concert <laughs> that night. Right? So it was like, this is like nine in the morning. This is like nine in the morning. And at that night, it was going to be a New Kids in the Block concert. And you have, you have at, zero idea how that ended up in your pocket. Couldn't, dude, couldn't tell you. Couldn't, you couldn't, I holding a gun to my mom's head. I could not, I sw- like, couldn't tell you, right? And <laughs> so like, I had actually had to work that morning. So I went to work and I call our buddy, right mm-hmm. and I call and I tell him the story about the big night you know big night I had out and I tell him, I'm like dude I do not know where these tickets come from and I don't know who gave them to me right and he's like bro this could be it we could be going to, like we're gonna go and we could go there and we can meet your future wife dude maybe that's who gave you the tickets and I'm oh, like God. well I don't know maybe I don't know you know so <laughs> he's really putting a lot of pressure on this
0: yeah so, it's <laughs>
1: So at at the time I didn't drive, so I was like, "All right, fine, let's go. We're gonna go to the concert." And he's like, "Dude, we're definitely going, right?" So he's like, I'll, "I'll pick you up at work." So I had like a change of clothes, but before he got there, I wanted to get some booze the pregame, right? But I was working at Vinnie's, which is in this area called Winwood, and so I went to like the liquor store in Winwood because our big move at that time was Mad Dogs, right? For those who don't know what Mad Dogs are, MD 2020s, Mogan David 2020, we call them Mad Dog 2020s, right? So I was like, all right, dude, this will be perfect. I'll run to the liquor store. I'll get some Mad Dogs. We'll fucking pound them, get hammered, go to this concert, right? Mm
0: -hmm. I go to the
1: liquor store, and it's in Wynwood. They did not have any Mad Dog, right? Because it's a little kind of a more hoity-toity kind of area, right? I was like, shit, no Mad Dog? So I ended up buying two huge bottles of champagne. Right. So <laughs> me and go to the new kids on the block concert. We're a little late, but we drive there. We pound the two bottles of champagne in the parking lot and on the way there. Right. And so we're going into the concert. And on the way in, uh, I remember I had to buy a T-shirt for Julie, Jersey Julie. You know, she said, yeah, you know, Julie.
0: So, yes, I had to buy a
1: t- yeah, I had to buy a T-shirt for Jersey Julie. And uh, so then we're walk. So me and are walking in, and we're about to go to the seats. And I didn't know this, right? But the this was at the I think it's called the Susquehanna Bank Center. I know it is like the Tweeter Center. Right? Yeah, and right the over the river Center. Yeah, exactly. And the Tweeter Center is kind of like uh, like a yeah, and it's like yeah, and, and, and gorgeous Camden. Uh, and it's kind of like a pavilion where there's like a lawn, and then there's seats in the back, and then there's seats like right up front at the stage, right so our entrance was to go in and then we were going to go to our seats so we go to go in and right away security stops us they're like whoa stop right here you can't go any further like what are you talking about like these are our seats we are like yeah we know but they're about to perform right here and they were like going to be in like the middle of the state the middle of the arena and they were going to do like you know what i mean do like a big thing so joey mcintyre is like 10 feet away from us as soon as we walk in kind of like feeling the night before and the champagne so we're like oh this is all right cool Joey McIntyre and we're walking to the seats and it becomes very apparent very quickly that uh the crowd here will say is not our regular demographic right <laughs> <laughs> we're walking to the seats and i think the one uh the one sign i remember seeing was from bicycles to minivans we're still here right so yeah. And we were seeing some, uh, we'll just say some big mamas on the way there, right? So we walk to our seats. And I'm not going to lie, dude. These seats, I don't think I've ever had better seats to a show. We were legit like four rows from the stage, right in the front, kind of on the left, right? So we walk up to the seats, right? We walk up and I'm like, these are seats. We walk up there. There's a girl standing next to my seat. And as soon as I walk in, she's like, Oh my God, I can't believe you came. And I'm like, Yeah, I said I'd be here. I, I won't, I won't miss it, you know? And I'm like, <laughs> no, no idea, no idea who this person is. Right. So I come I in, I'm like, oh yeah, of course. I mean, I wouldn't, you know, I, I told you I'd be here, so I'm here, right? And she's like, I cannot believe you came. This is so great. Oh my um, god. But then she goes on to say something like, like, hey, uh, just don't say anything about last night. And I'm like, I, yeah, well, wasn't she done so she says don't say anything about last night and just be cool and then she's like oh hey guys i want to introduce you this is my boyfriend right so right oh, away man. i'm like oh hey buddy what's going on he's like hey what's up guys i'm chet you know <laughs> and so he shakes my hand he shakes his hand right so right away he's like dude
0: what the fuck is this
1: what did you do and i was like bro like i was gonna know you know? So the concert was kind of towards the end. So we got them kind of like at their finale. So we saw like hanging tough and I don't know the other song that's big, but either way, probably the right stuff. Oh yeah. The right stuff. Yep. Saw that. So we saw a bunch of their hits and me just like standing there like, Oh God, this is, what did I, what did I get us into? Right. So yeah. So sometimes we'll get kind of, uh, kind of he he'll get he's he's like such a like a sweetheart kind of mama's boy but when he gets some booze in him, he can finally get a little angsty especially when we're dealing with a bunch of soccer moms so the concert's over i uh, hug this girl goodbye never got her
0: name right
1: <laughs> high five chet and we're leaving right yeah, so we're yeah yeah oh yeah never forget chet but uh we're leaving right and all of a sudden just starts like screaming but as we're walking out he's like this fucking concert sucked why the <laughs> fuck did we come here and he's like and he's he screams this he's like these guys fucking suck and they're nothing but a bunch of fucking wiggers right and i don't know if you i don't know if they have that terminology where you lived but he was just calling them like a bunch of like white boy wannabe. Jokes, I'm right? familiar. I'm familiar. I'm familiar with the so tone. He's screaming this right, and at this time, like some ladies, like, "Why don't you shut up?" You know, and I was like, "Why don't you shut the fuck up? These guys suck, and so do you." And I'm like, "He's <laughs> <laughs> like the nicest guy. guy, the nicest guy, like Mr. Rogers." Three. Oh, three everybody, right now. everybody yeah. has that
2: speed though man everybody has that speed sometimes
1: dude and he's like
0: fuck you
1: and then like another mom's like
0: watch your mouth
1: we have kids here he's like why would you bring your kids to see a bunch of wiggers <laughs> right oh so i'm like oh no i'm like all right let's go so we start walking away and he's like flipping everybody off as we walk away and then we get to the car And then that's kind of it. We leave, kind of get lost in Camden on the way back, but that was it. Yeah. So that was one night, one night with, uh, yeah. So yeah, new kids on the block. I was hanging tough. I was, uh, you know, doing it up.
3: Yeah. That's a great story. Can I ask you, we need to find out what you put into your body that caused you to forget all of this stuff. Now I have a couple of theories. Number one did it have to do with the adrenaline of going out with these chicks and maybe you just you threw down too much booze without thinking about it too fast?
1: Or um, this the, stuff
3: the other thing is that you, that you did something so abominable that your brain forced you to forget it. <laughs> like and momentum? Uh, yes, like it blocked, no it blocked the the trauma out of your brain.
1: <laughs> uh well, let's just say I had a couple uh um, they were, uh, gosh. and went out and partied with this girl, these girls, and was drinking heavily. And what bar? Is, uh, what
3: What bar in Minion for all of our Minion friends out there?
1: We would go to Pitchers and Bourbon Blue and, uh, the Bayou and... Hit the uh, whole strip. Just hit the strip. We yeah, yeah. were just walking, uh, the U.S. Hotel. I don't know if the U.S. Hotel was there at the time, but yeah. You I actually had the work great. there. I used to work there. I bounced. Really? I think uh, Uh, my brother
3: Jack loved
1: the U.S. Hotel. It's funny you mention that because I was bouncing there the day of, I don't know if it was the, yeah, it was the bike race. So I was bouncing there, or no, it was like a summer festival or something like that, the art festival in the summer. But I was bouncing there, and Jack came in when I was bouncing. It was me and Tim Marr was the other bouncer, but Smudge was a bartender there at the time. So Smudge, Smudge got me the yeah Smudge got me the loop bouncing. Uh, so,
3: what about Mad River? You didn't make your way to Mad River?
1: I fucking could have. What's the other? What's the Irish bar down there too? Uh, Kildare. Uh, Kildare's definitely made it there. I always yeah. I, did.
3: Everybody resent Mad River. I always resented Mad River.
1: I thought. So here's a great here's here's a great story. So uh, Mad River used to be called Grape Street, right? Mm-hmm. And when it was Grape Street, it ended up closing. And here's the reason why it was closing. So I don't know if you guys have been to Graham's, but there's one of our our co workers that works at Graham's. His name's Big Greg. His name's Kai You know Siasse. I've been to Graham. you know. Right? I've been to Graham. And you've met and you've met Big Greg. So Big Greg, he was a starting defensive lineman for East Stroudsburg. He is a hoss, man. Like all neck and just traps. He's a beast, right? Super, the the best dude, though. Great guy. Great, nicest guy. Can't, like, if you get him mad, you're the biggest asshole, right? He's one of those guys. So just a big, nice guy. So at the time, he was, like, bar back and bouncing at Grape Street, right? So he's working there one night, and then all of a sudden, there's a guy in there, and the the guy's in there, and he's starting some shit, this one guy, and Greg sees that he has a gun. Right. So Greg Greg yells, he's like, gone. And he tackles the guy from behind. And he's on top of the guy. He puts his knee in the middle of the guy's back and he grabs him under the chin. And he's he's told me he's like, dude, I was trying to rip his head off. Right. Camel club. That's the camel club. But it was the knee in the back, right? He had the hands under the chin, but his knee was in the middle of the guy's back. So he's like on top of him. He's ripping him, right? So then, all of a sudden, the guy with the gun grabs his gun and shoots it, and he hits Greg in the ankle. Yeah. Yeah. Shoots Greg in the ankle. Eventually, it got broken up. That guy got arrested, going away, but Grape Street had to close after that. How crazy is that, huh? Fucking not so good. Yeah. So, all right. Yeah, me too. All right. So, moving on uh me and burn spent a lot of years at the uh at vinnie t's some good years there after that vinnie t's had closed i remember when vinnie t's closed burn called me and said all right they're locking the doors and i'm stealing everything i can right and we had like <laughs> a bunch of cooks at work there they cleared out the fridge and the freezer it was great there honestly i'll tell you what there was some of the best people I've ever met were some of like the cooks and the bus boys and the and the and the bussers and the food runners that were there. Like Alberto and his family and Ben Alberto's greatest and, man I've ever met. He is he is just my such a either. great guy. Great, great guy, really good guy, right? Awesome guy. Awesome guy. And he got all his kids a job there and you know what I mean? Really super, super good dude, right? So uh, either way, so after Vinny's closed, I worked at this place in Wayne called Christopher's. Byrne bounced around at Yates and some other place. Then yep. after that, we ended up, uh, I had left Christopher's, Byrne left Yates and got a job at the place called the Pub of Penn Valley. Right. And me and Byrne worked there for, for what, like four, four years, three years? Four years. A couple of years. Yeah. So we worked there again together. The team got back together. Man, I was still fighting at the time when we started working there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, But this was a much different vibe. So uh, we went from working at Vinny T's. Vinny T's was essentially a chain, but there was only like seven of them, I think. And And they were all
2: in like New England. Like none of them were close. So we were like out of the way. They didn't really give a shit about us
1: also, it was the the restaurant was in an old movie theater, so it was a huge space that yeah. had to have a ton of people staffed, right? I love, I love so, that place. oh, it was and dude, it was very popular, especially when it was being run correctly. It mm-hmm. was very, very popular, yeah, right? Because there but, wasn't
3: much in the way of like the Italian family style uh, right. dining back then mm-hmm. No, it was yeah. like Magiano's downtown mm-hmm. yeah.
2: I don't even know if they had the one out by King of Prussia yet.
1: Yeah, no, you're both. Yeah,
2: you're What's both the right. One so that had
3: like the Statue of Liberty in it. It was like much more lower. I don't. It wasn't like as high end as what as Uno's. I forget what it was called. It might have been Bo- called, oh, yeah, uh, <laughs> East Side Mario's.
1: I think is what it was called. You guys remember uh, that I remember it was there for a minute, but I don't really yeah, remember
3: yeah, it was. had like a Statue of Liberty and like the Brooklyn Bridge. Yeah. And, anyway, go ahead. Sorry.
1: So uh, either way, when we were working at Vinny's, it was a lot of like college kids that worked there. So the turnover was kind of a lot, but it was also Mm -hmm. like a young waitstaff of young, horny kids in college that like to party and have fun, right? We went from there to the Pub of Penn Valley, which was a very strictly, strictly run family establishment, that was, pri- was owned, but privately owned by, you know, two people that were married and there was no like, okay, so me and Bern, you know, we did pretty well at Vinny's as far as the ladies don't want to brag, you know, you know, two man horn beep beep, uh, but really just a big goose egg. At the Puppe pen Valley <laughs>
0: yeah
1: <laughs> you know because it's just like it was a different atmosphere really good money really good place to work really like the people there but yeah, yeah so I was there after I left how much longer were you there after I left burn
2: I mean I stayed there till we till we moved to York like so three years ago three
1: so ago yeah so you're you yeah, so you probably there a year after I left probably
2: yeah probably uh, like a year after
1: yeah so then after you leave there, you're done and then you go to the job you're at now. So this is your first office job. am I correct? In- so we found out my
2: wife was finishing up her doctorate and so we knew we were gonna have to leave Philadelphia for her to do that to do an internship. And so we found out Dr. Humber Bragg by the way. Yeah. We found out um, March 1st we were moving to York. And then we had a baby April 1st. And then we were in York by like the middle of June. So it was kind of wild. Um, and then the first year we were here, since she went from like making really good money and I was working and she was making good money working at the University of Pennsylvania to then her taking like a you know $28,000 a year internship for a year just to work. Oof. Um, I just stayed home with the baby because it just didn't make sense me to go do a job that I was literally just going to be working just to pay daycare. Yeah. Um, yep. I stayed home for that first year with the boy, which was yeah. I highly recommend. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, right, since I was like 14, I didn't have a job and I didn't miss it at all. Uh, I watched <laughs> TV, with parks and stuff. It was great. Oh. And, and uh, I got another bartending job down here for about a year. Actually, the last scheduled shift that It was the night before thanksgiving last year oh wow and then i started this gig december it'll be a year december 2nd so I'm oh. almost a whole year into an office gig
1: dude i'll tell you what you had some good stories about your the bar you worked at in new york but we'll save them for another for the next time you're yeah. on but uh So, as what speaking from someone who went from bartending slash serving uh, for most of his working career to an office environment, the difference is unreal. And the discovering of what is called PTO might be the it's it is the it is. I can't I can't tell you enough how incredible PTO is. I cannot
2: tell you enough. Saying that we're allowed to leave at one tomorrow. But we don't have at <laughs> the end of the day. Oh.
0: Like, this oh is
2: incredible. This
1: oh, is, my God.
2: Yeah. Paid time off. Uh, like, you know, you work in a restaurant, so it's just like, hey, if you can't work yep. your shit, it's your responsibility to get it covered. Yeah, And then like, I really need to go do this thing. So you got to make a deal with somebody else. But like, I need you to work this Friday for me. I'll get throw okay. you like 40 bucks. So then you're like, I'm out the 40 bucks this person plus, plus the, the money you would make would have made plus whatever it's costing me to go do what I want to do that night whether it's go to a concert or go out with friends you know friends in town or something and mm-hmm. god damn I just need, I need to take one night off of work it just cost me $300 yeah um and now I can just be like eh I'm not feeling great today I'm going to take a half day yeah.
1: <laughs> gonna, you know. but uh, like a half
2: my office experience is weird because I'm the only person there. And I have a supervisor who supervises my office, an office in South Philadelphia and an office uh-huh. in Southampton. And uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, she took over. My boss took over in let's say August. And I've met yeah. her. Once oh, because the offices down there are pretty messed up. My office is pretty small. It's in pretty good shape. And also with COVID and everything, everyone's trying to limit traveling, and yada yada yada. Mm-hmm. So my office experience is mostly just me in an office by myself. In like an pretty office, great. I don't mind it, man.
3: Are you pretty great? Uh, do you have the keys to the building? Are are you like locking in, locking out?
2: It's in an office park, right? So there's other there's other companies that are in the you know it's probably like the whole first floor is like our lo- is like a local, um. um it's like the economic alliance or whatever. So there's a bunch of companies yeah. there, but no, I have a key card for the building and a key to my office. So I can yep. get in whatever I want. Like, mm-hmm. yep. damn, dude, yeah. But office
1: life,
3: it's not a typical. Life, yeah. Yeah, that, not
2: a typical like, I, I have to show up. You know, I mean, I I, I got to be office hours are like eight thirty to five. But like, if I walk in at eight forty, I don't have some boss there being like, eh, 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 you know, what's yeah, exactly. Yeah, um,
3: yeah, and, and I think that I mean coming from the background that you guys have working at restaurants, and I've worked at restaurants when I was really young, um, but haven't worked in one in in a long time. You're right, like, every single dime that you make, you have to earn it, like you, you have to go Mm -hmm. out and get it. Whereas when you work a white collar job, it's, it's all like, it's all an average, it's all going to come out in the wash. And yeah, if you work hard this day and don't work so hard the next day, it doesn't really, it doesn't show up at the end of the day. And the thing is, is for people out there, you know, having an experience like that. One thing that I've realized is, and I've worked at a few jobs where I was paid salary, and I could get all kinds of PTO. And it was great. But they just didn't pay me that much, you know, right? (laughs) Yeah, we're gonna pay you salary. Um, but we're just not going to pay you that much and go ahead and do all, you know, I, I work in marketing and I worked at a couple companies where I was the only marketing person at the company and they just gave me carte blanche to do whatever I wanted to do. If I cared about videos, I'd made videos, pictures, you know, advertisements, they just left me to my own devices. And the only part of the deal was, yeah, we're just not going to pay you that much money. (laughs) if we we paid you a lot of money then we'd have to start like paying attention to you and and keep it. oversight yeah yeah exactly so i think that that's you know it's like a double-edged sword where yeah it sucks earning every little dime at a restaurant but at the same time it's like you know you you get one end or you get the other end i guess
2: yeah yeah no that's 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 really true and like um like I, I think I said the, the, my last schedule. I mean, I worked a couple bartending shifts after that, but like my official last day was the night before Thanksgiving last year, and I worked at this place that had three different bars in it, and like it was, uh, you know, the, the year before I worked the night before Thanksgiving, and I walked out of there with a grant. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and that was after tipping out and all that stuff. This year, somebody, uh, some kid in the lower bar, pulled the pin on a fire extinguisher. And <laughs> fire extinguisher, which um, meant the building had to be evacuated, and the fire department had uh, to come to clear. Which meant that we had like we were like twelve deep at the bar. We everyone had to leave. We had to settle all their tabs. We actually were taking credit cards that night, so it wasn't that big of a deal. But like, we lost. I think I made two hundred fifty bucks, and they cleared everybody out. And yeah. like, and I was like, this was the greatest. I was like, this will be my last bartending shift. It's the night before Thanksgiving. I'll make a ton of money for the road and let's go. And it was that. This is the sign that I needed of like, because here I am counting on a grand and all it takes is one jerk off to do one stupid thing that has nothing to do with what I'm doing. And all, all that money's gone. And it's like, Oh, right. That's why I don't want to do this anymore. Cause I can't rely on the consistency of it. And because I got a a two and a half year old who's up at five in the morning every day and Party and I don't want to be tired all the time from getting home at four thirty in the morning. And, but like,
1: Jesus Christ.
2: but once that I was like, this is my my group my, my, my great my you know, my grand finale. And some jerk off pulls the fire extinguisher and no one. <laughs> and then, and like then every every uncovered bottle in the bar has to be thrown away. Like I mean, it's all- oh. and then we're there till you know three in the morning scrubbing the chandeliers and like I mean, it was just like this is the perfect kiss off see you never
3: did um, they catch dude, did they catch the person
2: they did not they there was two there was just we, there we had a security camera but there were just too many people there was just too much too many bodies in the bar to be able to tell with accuracy who it was man jesus christ but i was yeah, like that's all the right,
1: kind of shit you deal with
2: like i had no control you- my my all my money just changed so that's why I'm, and thank you for cementing that as being the
1: right decision. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so all right, so here's what we're coming near the top of time, which is a term I didn't know until I started working in office. Uh, but we're near the top of time, so here's what I want to do. We got some okay. questions, Bert. I'm gonna fire away, and I want some good answers. All right, all right. Well, I just they don't have to be good, but just some answers. They better be good. All right, they will so, be answers <laughs> very good all right so first question and i hope you talk to jess if your significant other could classify your schwanz your schwinga your schmeckle your sphinx as a car what kind of car is jess calling your stugasa mm. and by stugasa
2: i mean your penis yeah 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 no then 10 10 for apricot uh- <laughs> I'm going with the Subaru. Uh, all-wheel <laughs>
1: drive, dependable
2: in the snow. Yeah, dependable it- dependable in the snow, not too flashy, roomier than it looks.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what color? Um, aren't all super <laughs> like pale green?
2: Yeah, <laughs> probably. It only makes one color paint.
1: Yeah. yeah. Shake, what did you say yours was again?
3: It was a Hummer because it was a big deal back in the early two thousands, and now nobody sees them anymore. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, good. All That's right, great. Great. it wasn't even that big
3: of a deal back in the
1: two thousands. People always hated it.
0: It was it's a griggly, kind
1: game. of blocky, terrible gas yeah. mileage. Yeah, <laughs> polluted, bad, bad for the environment.
3: Yeah, that so, bad for the planet
1: all right so moving on next question burn what was your favorite movie at the age of 10 this is a tough one
2: yeah um i don't think indiana jones and the last crusade was out when i was 10 i think it came out a little bit i was 10 in 1992 I think that was a little bit late.
3: We're about to complete a great quest, the Holy Grail.
2: Came out Richard a Jones. little bit. I was 10 in 1992. Oh, I rats. think that was a little bit late. I think, so, it, was out. I think it was out in 92.
1: <laughs> Maybe. But I'll give it to you. That's what you want. I mean,
2: that probably Indiana, Indiana Jones and the last one.
1: I, I don't great watch, great
2: watch great more
1: than, than that as a kid. Uh, that movie still holds up. Yeah, what so happens good. in that one? I, I and that's, that's the one where he's uh, with Sean Connery. Sean Connery. Okay. And, the Holy, and with the, the Holy Grail. Grail, and with the Holy Grail, blimp, and oh yeah, that's a great, great movie. God, Indiana that, Jones. That's the Disney one with American. the with the Holy Grail. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Huh. First I one's the Ark of the Covenant. Yep. The second one is the Temple of Doom. That's what's
0: a whole the, different.
3: What's the one with yeah. the Nazis and and the guy's face melts.
0: That's, that's
3: Indiana
2: Jones
0: movie. and The Last Crusade. Oh, that's the one. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's
2: the arc of the cup. That's the first one.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. that's The face melt is the first it,
1: one. Jesus that's... Christ, Shake. Haven't seen The Ironman, Irishman. Don't know you're Indiana Jones. <laughs> fuck, man. I know. I got go to go back. back. His go favorite back. movie when he... Shake's favorite movie when he was 10, The Truman Show. <laughs> Fucking tells you everything.
0: Let, let, me, your say thing?
3: let me say this. I'm, I'm dealing with a crisis over here. My wife, she reveals to me that she has never seen The Chappelle Show recently. So, oh. so we have to go back and watch The Chappelle oh, Show. Oh, you
1: married her before finding that out?
3: I know. It, it's really Golly. bizarre. It's really bizarre. So anyway, all right. I don't want to get too far off track here. We're... Yeah, well, are on some kind of
2: Indiana Jones
1: and The Last Crusade. I'm yeah, after stick. you watch uh, Bohemian Rhapsody for the sixth time, jump on the <laughs> again. <Indiana. laughs> All right, so moving on, what would you say your favorite movie is right now? Favorite movie ever? Right now? Uh, just favorite movie right now? Do not say <laughs> Bohemian Rhapsody.
0: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that's, that's obviously, it's true.
2: Um. Uh, you know what i've been watching a lot that has been like kind of hopeful during all this uh COVID nonsense yeah Uh,
1: the martian this is mark watney i'm entering this log for the record and i'm still alive obviously i have no way to contact my crewmates it would take four years for another manned mission to reach me
2: In the face of overwhelming odds, I'm left with only one option. Covid nonsense. Yeah, uh-huh. i don't have
0: to science the hell out of this. The Martian. Okay. I Let's can't stop the watching The Martian. I gotta figure uh, out every I out of four back. years worth. I of, a I good end flick. Up here. Stuck in watching. Way,
1: nothing grows. Matt something Damon. About, if I can't figure
2: out a way. Yeah, to yeah and there's just that, something man, about some right. I don't know. Awesome. For whatever reason, The Martian is really resonating with me
3: right now.
1: Awesome. Um, yeah, good flick. I saw
3: I remember going in and having like zero expectations for that movie. And then yeah. it just winning me over, like, very quickly. Yeah. It's just it's so a, much dude, it's fun a good and flick. And Matt Damon's Trapped <laughs> Alone on March. Spoiler alert. Matt Damon's Trapped
2: Alone on March. But he's just so cocky. He's like, now yeah. I'm going to throw potatoes out of my shit. And I will. And you're like, damn straight you will.
1: <laughs> I love when he makes fun of the hot chick for being like, Jesus Christ, hot ass. What were you shitting out? My God. <laughs> and it's Ridley um, Scott. Right.
3: Ridley Scott. Um, directed it it looks like
1: gladiator yeah he's on, yeah you know turns out the All guy right. can make a movie
3: and also it's it? Castaway on on a you know on yeah. mars so <laughs> yeah yeah that All does, right. that does so. really well with uh covid and everything yeah there's just, it's just something hopeful and, and and uh and uh inspiring
2: right now about the martian plus it's funny and it's got a good damon performance and if you're not still kind of on the edge of your seat at the end there when he's flipping around you know like <laughs> yeah
1: come on come on yeah so okay so moving on great answer uh moving on if you could give yourself a nickname what would the nickname be oh i'm obsessed with
2: being uh like my wife will point out all the time she'll like be talking about some boyfriend she had back in the day who's like now like a triathlete who's running a fortune 500 company and i'll be like is he taller than me She'll be like, no, and I'm like, no, I don't care. Like, I don't, <laughs> don't care about than people. I don't. That's that's my one thing. And I'm not that tall. Um, but you're taller I, than that cunt bag.
1: Called, I so who, she, and her. I know who she's talking about. I know who she's, she's talking about.
2: People told me like stretch or something. Like that would have been cool if I was like always known for being super tall. Even though I'm not super tall, but it bothers me when I'm. When I'm wow,
1: shake. Shake, tell them what your nickname was. Unreal. This is this.
3: This yep. almost sounds scripted. Yep. Uh, so I said that I want my nickname to be Stilts. I'm a very short guy, I'm five six.
1: Okay, it's five eight.
3: I'm not, I'm a hundred percent not five eight. I'm five six and a half, and I have grown up resenting people like you, these tall people, you yeah. <laughs> damn tall people who. You guys are born on third base with with your tallness. Well, once you get tall, you know. But it's here's boring. something. Here's something that'll make you feel better. Okay. Uh, Don't give me the. Are you going to give me the airplane bathroom? And no, no, all these... no. Not, no,
2: okay. I'm saying the, the psychosis is real. Still obsessed with people who are taller. Than you. I'm tall. But still put out by oh, people who okay. are. Taller than you. And <laughs> and so like it, it it like it happens less often. But the amount of like that guy is still just as like visceral and real. And then yeah. when you get tall guy, and you walk
3: into the room, and there's three guys taller. You're like, I'm not. I'm yeah. not
2: this
3: yeah, that is true. That's true. true. I, I get to be the short guy, and and very rarely do I ever get uh, knocked off my pedestal. No pun intended. But you <laughs> right. being the tall guy, often in many cases, can be can be cut down a peg. Again, no pun intended. You're- <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Jesus. that's great that's a good nickname that's good yeah all right
1: i like Dretch it okay
3: Stretch stilts and kid salami
1: <laughs> i like it so okay so all right moving on if you could be a tv host of a tv show what tv show would you host it could be real or made up
2: this is ve- this is coming at a very difficult time this conversation because as you may or may not know, I have tried out for Jeopardy every year for the last 10 years.
0: Wow. Um,
1: I did
2: I not do that. not made it onto the show and now that Alex Trebek has passed away, I don't even know what? if it's you know, Dude. like to, to get on Jeopardy and not get on there with Alex Trebek it seems like it's going to be... The, a-
1: what the fuck's the point? What are you going to so, do? Talk to, you know, Kristen Wiig or whoever the hell replaces him?
2: Well, they're getting you Ken know? Jennings to replace him who's like one of the all-time greats. Uh, i'm a bit of a jeopardy nerd i would still say jeopardy i love jeopardy although i used to love a game show that alex trebek hosted when i was a kid when i was home from school it was called classic concentration to win one of these eight fabulous cards as we play classic concentration and here's the host of concentration When I was a kid, when I was home from school, it was called Classic right again, Concentration. do you guys remember it. But it was like uh, a puzzle. Like, you know the, the, the puzzles on the inside of like the lion's head caps? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. And then, so be the and then so that would be behind the thing. And then in front of it, there would be like, like 20 panels. And you'd be like, let me see what's behind panel one. And it would be like washing machine. And then you'd, like, oh, if was like washing machine, then you'd be like, oh, what's behind panel 18? If it was like washing machine, then you got the washing machine on your side. And then... They got rid of those two panels. And then Ah. so where all the stuff was and guessed the answer to the puzzle got all of the stuff they had, like all the loot they had with them. Hmm. And remember where the things were. And also you had to guess the picture puzzle at the end. Um, Oh, shit. Classic concentration. That was like a right before the Price is Right, like sick day watching type jam. But yeah, um, oh, classic concentration. I, I, I don't feel like I feel like I can handle early. I want to say Jeopardy, but I feel like I need to cut my teeth the same way Alex did uh, and do yep. classic
1: concentration first. I like it. No, awesome. Yeah. Great answer. So if you could. OK, so. All right. If you could host a TV show. No, 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 sorry. I already asked that. What TV game show would you want to be on? So I guess you would host would t- host Park Jeopardy. and then want to be on. I still want to be on Jeopardy. out for Jeopardy. All right, I like it. You know what Box said? He said the great answer: American Gladiators. Great answer. Great, great answer. Answer. Right when he said that, I was like, "That might be the fucking the that's the best. That was yeah. that that are guts, you know? Yeah, <laughs> global guts. Yeah, global guts. Yeah, just American
2: Gladiators for kids. You know what I mean? Like it was, it's yeah. the same." It was it was athleticism and uh, you know grit.
3: Yeah, yeah. I find God. it very difficult to get into the American Ninja Warrior, and, and I, I, I really loved yeah. American Gladiators. I don't know what yeah. it was, but God, American too. Ninja Warrior—it's like it's a boiled down man. version of it, without it's just an without airs- all like the ridiculousness, I guess.
1: Dude, you didn't have Gemini and Zap winging tennis balls <laughs> at you. <laughs> with tennis ball gun. Dude, Seth Joiner was on American Gladiator. Seth fucking Joiner. Yeah. All right.
2: One of the one of the women. I'm um I'm trying to remember. Zap might have been Zap. Might have been Laser. Was Laser a woman? I think was a man. Laser was a guy. Zap Where's was Ray? the
1: one that was like blonde and huge.
2: Yeah. She opened up. She lives in the Wyoming Valley where I'm from, and she owns a store, and it's called Ye Old Clock and Gift Shop. And
3: it's about time, it's about Ye Old Clock and Gift Shop. The clock experts at Ye Old Clock and Gift Shop invite you to visit our beautiful
0: store in the Dallas Shopping Center.
2: I'm in Valley, Spring where I'm from, and, and she owns a store, UO and it's, it's called and ye, ye Old Clock clocks, and Gift Shop. <laughs> jewelry. <laughs> and love I love, love her even more. Her career I would have pictured for Zap post Gladiators, but she is the proprietor of Ye Old, and old Clock and, and Gift Shop.
1: Man, our first sponsor got nine piece.
2: Yeah, probably. That's OL. You put the fresh up the old.
1: Probably still a dime piece. All right. She's probably got skin like an old leather wallet. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like with there those the the stuff, you,
0: you know what I'm saying like
2: like that when you're 65, you know? Yeah. Well, and
1: you can't be tanning 6 times a
0: day.
2: You, you probably can, but most people can't, man.
1: Right. Sure. Okay. So, moving on. Excellent answer once again. Okay, next question. What is the biggest word that you know the meaning of?
2: Uh oh man, I don't um
1: That is a good question. Um you want to know what my answer is while you think about it? Yeah, yeah. Jo- give me a give me a little uh So do you remember the movie The Program with Omar yes, Epps and yes, uh the dude that went to our high school and James Con, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so omar epps in it with halle berry so omar epps is doing a study thing with halle berry where he says like i learn i learn a different word out of the dictionary every day and then one of the words he says is commensurate right <laughs> so after i heard that i i went and learned that word so commensurate it's the word i know the meaning
2: of commensurate um what
1: does commensurate mean Commensurate means like you agree, like something they correspond or agree with.
0: Hmm.
1: So, like That's this, good. this podcast would be commensurate with another podcast.
0: Hmm. Hmm.
2: I don't know if it's the biggest word I know the meaning of, but it's it's one of my favorite big words.
1: Love it, hit it.
2: I love the word haberdashery.
1: Oh, oh yes, bolushki, great word. Haberdashery
2: and haberdashery is essentially a, a, a used to be a place where in old London town you would go to buy your hats and socks if you were a gentleman. You'd go oh. see your haberdasher and he would outfit you with the uh accessories for life
1: in uh in the latest haberdashery
3: old, old London
1: town. Damn, I like that. Yeah. Shakespeare's now, it, got a really yeah. good one.
3: Is, is Haberdashery quoted in The Departed? I just tried to look it up real quick. I think it's in The Departed. I think Nicholson says it. Yeah, I think Nicholson says it. This isn't the fucking Haberdashery business or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's
1: good. That's good. I, so good. I always yeah, like that Awesome. Haberdashery is a winner. Yeah. All right. Perfect. So, okay. Moving on. Now we're hitting the nitty gritty. What was the worst day of work you've ever had in your whole life?
0: Um,
2: oh, I know this one, actually. Uh, I had to work at the Penn Valley pub on a Tuesday uh-huh. night, uh-huh. and no one would cover my shift. And earlier in the day, I had to put my dog down. Oh, so I no. down. And then I had to drive, get in the car, and drive from wilkes Fair to Philly to get to the Penn Valley Pub to wait tables on a Tuesday night. I
1: believe I was working that night with you, right? I believe you were
2: already working that night, which is why you couldn't pick up okay. the shit and no one else would. Aircraft college kids who were like, I got a test to study for, and I was like, you're not going to study for, it. you get out of work at nine, but I don't know that I've ever been more angry at work than that night, being like, really, yeah. no one can do a brother solid, yeah, after all the
1: knowledge we've bestowed on you, and all the bullshit yeah. we've put up with you lazy little shits, <laughs> I really had to whip some of those fuckers into shape,
2: We're just the worst too, because I was at my mom's house in Wilkes-Barre, and so like, <sighs> oh. I had to do it and then i had to get, get in the car and like drive two hours just like seething about having to go to work
1: yeah that and it boiled over it was even worse yeah that makes it even worse yeah.
2: and That's i got through like I'm, like I'm gonna work for three hours i'm gonna make no money like this is just dumb. it's just dumb. yeah
1: yeah yeah but there was no pto you know there was no pto now you, that now it's- with good old pto you'd be able to put 10 dogs down
0: Uh, okay so
1: last last question last question and then we'll head out all right so what was the best day of work you ever had in your whole life best day best day of work I'll tell you, you know what? I can tell you one of the worst days that we were at work together. It was in 2006, right? And at the time, Notre Dame was undefeated playing USC. Penn State was undefeated playing Michigan, right? And it's coming down. There's 36 seconds left in both games, right? And Notre Dame is up and they're about to win and Reggie Bush does the Bush push and we're at the bar, right? On the left TV, we had Notre Dame-USC. Everyone's going nuts. Notre Dame's going to upset, upset the great USC with Leinart and Bush. Tom Zivikowski running back punts. freaking awesome, right? Charlie's Angels. They yep. were this close to doing it, ended up losing with the Bush push. Then on the right TV, the undefeated Penn State that came out of nowhere, underdogs, were in like week eight or something, really late in the year, Puzzlesny's on the team. I think Austin Scott was a running back. Whatever, right? They're over there. And in the last second, one second left, Mario Manningham catches a touchdown for Michigan in the back of the end zone. Game over. Both teams lost. Where Both teams were up. And then in a matter of 36 seconds, both games were over and had lost, and everyone was destroyed. So that was, that was a shitty day. Not the shittiest. No dog no. dying and still having to work. Another no, example of a pretty day. That was bad. Right. Right. do you have a uh, chance to think? Best day at work. Um, besides the day you met me.
2: Yeah, I mean, besides the day I met you and the day I met my wife. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. It's probably probably sometime back in those golf center days where it was yeah. just like just just like you because it was like I it was my best friend's joint, and so everybody it was all my friends who worked there, so it was like. We just fucked around all day, every day, all summer for like three years. Like I worked there all through high school. And then even after my freshman year at Villanova, went back to the Valley and worked there. So probably one of those days. Just
1: that's good. Just a couple of buddies hanging out, partying. Hitting on cool chicks at the ice cream stand, yeah, smoking no, dope, drinking booze, whacking no dingus.
2: Just trying to figure out what park to we kicked out of by the cops that night, you
1: know, like. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Whose car you're going to lose your virginity in the back of in a parking lot, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. 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 So let, let me ask you this.
3: Um, you know, after experiencing all these different kinds of jobs and different uh, locations, if you could get whatever like a reasonable income is for you in your life like you'll you'll always be comfortable you'll sure. never be totally loaded but you'll always be comfortable yeah but you get to work at any one of these jobs that you've ever had is it definitely that that golf uh, center golf center you know what i mean like you have yeah, like you... The, i mean that that has to be the answer right like
2: it's got to be it like i mean you know sweeping 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 around during the afternoon and then running a cash register till 10 o'clock and then going home without exerting a single ounce of mental energy throughout the course of the day um <sighs> You know, I would like have so much time to like write my memoirs, you know,
0: Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) know, I'd have to do something that was in some some way or shape or form intellectually challenging, like on the weekends or something. Otherwise, my brain would just turn to
1: mush. Yeah. What was what was Richie's grandfather called? What did you call him? Super Bob. Super Bob. Super Bob. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So the the, gosh, I don't I mean, if you don't want to say the story, but there's one story you told about him and a Speedo on a balcony with a gun. And you his aqua
2: Yeah. There was a fight in the – his his grandparents lived right next door to the place. And so um, they had a little balcony. Next door out. to the golf place? Next door to the golf center and the, okay. the family place that's, that they've had for the 50 years or 60, 70 years. And um, there was a the fight in the parking lot. And the old, crazy old grandpa comes out and he's got a Speedo and a bathrobe and – aqua socks and a beretta and he's just <laughs> straight in the air screaming arrest them all and we're talking about like like 14 year olds fighting at the skate park we were like bob you, <laughs> like, this is gonna happen you know what yeah, you, yeah. you really this. see now there's 20 cops here like we could have just kicked him out but like now we have to give statements you know you can't just fire a gun wow. in a business <laughs>
1: Jesus. the some
0: time
2: a gun went off in
1: that business wasn't the last time a gun went off in that business. <laughs> great all right so look we're way past time my wife's about to kill me so look burn i i you know when we talked yesterday i told you this is just gonna be fun this is just a good time yeah. you know this was great man you were you're obviously i knew you're gonna be a great guest this is hopefully the first of many appearances you make on here you did a great job. This was incredible. Thank you so much for sharing and just a great sure. story. You're the man. Yeah, thanks for coming um, on. That was great.
2: Appreciate this it, man. i said, whenever this was a this was a blast. Whenever you guys whenever you guys want me, I'm I'm around.
1: Hey, but we we are gonna take you up on that, my man.
2: Yeah. We are gonna yeah, take dude. you up
1: on that. Didn't even- so, so. All right, so uh, I'm gonna uh, send this off here. But Burn, thank you so much for joining us shake as always you're the best uh my name is matt lavelle his name is tom Byers. our guest today was the one and only burn podcasty uh, this is the working perspectives podcast uh hope you enjoyed it don't care if you did or if you didn't and uh we're out of here see ya